0: beers, rolling dice, and talking shit, The Veteran Gamer re-enlisted, episode 39, The Brown Magic. What's up, Veteran Gamers? We are back with the show that drinks beer, rolls dice, and... talk fucking shit. That's right. I'm your host, Andy. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and Bray's opening up a beer. Delicious. Tasty, huh? Yeah. This is a new um, one. I haven't tried it before.
1: This beer on the mic, that was here when I got here. Okay,
0: that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, perfectly that's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. Brave was here. Well we're 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 in it right away. Um, I haven't tried this one yet, so we'll jump right into what we're drinking. because You're opening it up. Go ahead and tell us what we're I drinking told today, right?
1: Man, you're gonna have me fucking read. <laughs> fucking damn it. So it's from fucking King Harbor Brewing Company. Uh it's Tiki Hut IPA. It's a tropical India India? India, India pale L. L L with some citrus and mosaic hops.
2: Ooh, that's nice. I
1: have no idea what all that writing means, but it's a 7.5 uh alcohol per volume. It's pretty strong. I guess 7.5 is
0: strong, right? 7.5 is strong.
1: You just hand me, beer, So like I just dude, had- <laughs> I was fucking uh at a, a, a birthday party this past weekend for one of my nieces. Huh? And they had fucking this Bud Light there. And I drank oh, no. one. And then I was like, and then I started drinking like Cokes and shit. And they're like, why didn't you drink? Because I used to drink like all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, I got this fucking friend that uh, <laughs> made, ruined beer for you. <laughs> made me uh, a beer snob now. I can't drink this piss water anymore.
0: I do that. Like, once you've had real beer, it's kind of hard to go back, you know?
1: Yeah. Like, Bud. Bud Light is horrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't realize it. Now you know what the real flavor of beer is. Like, well, I mean, come on.
1: You, could you blame me? When I was in, in the Marine Corps, that's, it was cheap. I drank more liquor. It was always right when you walked in the door. There's a big-ass pile of it. <laughs> and then the cash register is right there. So, I mean, I wasn't Mur fucking just on the, on the team. I was mer all the time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's what happens you you walk into the army and the first thing you see is a giant pile of Bud Light.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. In the CX's military. Accessable. Any
0: military, any military room, just walk in just Bud Light everywhere.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right by the door. <laughs> Every time. Then like we had fucking f- our, <laughs> our our lockers were always fucking filled filled with with Bud Light or Coors Light too. There's Coors Light too sometimes.
0: <laughs> the Command Sergeant Major um, walked into our barracks we doing an inspection And I was in a four-man room for a while And we shared a refrigerator Well, he opened up the refrigerator And there's just nothing but beer inside Like wall-to-wall beer
1: Yeah, what else are you supposed to put in there?
0: He goes, you know, there's this place called the Commissary And you can go get food I go, Command Sergeant Major, I get my ch- food at the chow hall Like, I get yeah. beer at my fridge <laughs> Yeah, I There's was, this place I- called the Class 6 <laughs> I don't
1: know what Class 6 is,
0: but well, that's an army term. I thought maybe the mil I thought Marines had the same I mean, thing. Cheo. Well, the class six is like the beer store.
1: No, that was just the beer store.
0: Oh, okay, because we have different classes. So class two is food.
1: They had these things called MCXs, which is like Marine Corps exchange.
0: Ship. Oh, yeah, you yeah, would have that. We have the base they, exchange. They were yeah.
1: smaller ones, but they were the same. They were tied with the same shit.
0: So in the army, we have classes of you know, like too many stuff.
1: abbreviations for us Marines. It's too much. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Okay, it's that jar. Yeah, the jar, right? It prevents yeah, abbreviations. Knowledge. We have
1: no hair on our head, which <laughs> we stand in the sun all day, so we get baked all day. Not the good baked, Mm-mm. like back when you're in high school. No, 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 yeah. no. The bad baked.
0: The bad baked. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So now, like I said, we're drinking this uh, Tiki Hut IPA.
0: Yeah, it's a long way to get to that. It's <laughs> delicious. It's Delicious. Uh, so I wanted, to, I wanted to give something new a try. And seeing this on the shelf, I just wanted to give it a shot. It's pretty darn good. Uh, Redondo Beach, not. Local local, but still local Southern California. Um, one of my own stomping grounds. It's
1: local, it's at a store.
0: Yeah, it's local at the store. Yeah. Yeah. So this is pretty good. Highly recommend it. Um and we'll t- probably talk about it a little bit at the end. See depending on how much of it this we have.
1: We've been saying that we, we don't do that.
0: We have every once in a while. We get too drunk and then we forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, last time. Yes. Last time at nine PM when we recorded. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Short answer. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we got drunk. <laughs> So, um, on today's show, um, doing something a little different, uh, I promised you guys, I think I may mention it, that I was going to utilize, um, the Brown magic and his, um, list doctoring service. Um, well, he added Matt. Root.
1: You said you're going to go to the doctor to get, get a bore punch.
0: Yeah, that too. Yeah. That too. Did not do that. (laughs) Oh, all right. If I want to get punched in the nuts, I'm not going to pay for it. Okay.
1: Well, you don't. It's insurance. It's you technically insurance. Don't I
0: pay for technically it. don't pay for it. Right. You're right. You're right. When you're right, you're right. But I said I was going to go ahead and do the list doctor service. Well, just before I went ahead and did that, just before Broadside, they announced that Matt Root was going to start adding, was going to join the team and start doing list doctor services. And since he pretty much was single handedly responsible for the FAQ delay and the end of Flyer fuck and Sky. The fucker
1: already has a big enough
0: head as is. You don't got to fucking <laughs> keep inflating it. Okay. It wasn't his fault It was his fault It was in the Europe Before it even came here Yeah I know I know I'm just talking shit man I'm talking shit man But uh well, He was Winner of Adepticon Number two currently in ITC um, I thought and He's so also number,
1: So number one loser
0: Number one loser Yeah the first yeah, loser The first loser That means I'm like the 297th loser I'm not <laughs> I'm not that far but anyway, I decided that since he's a tier two player and I'm a tier new player, I would reach out to him and utilize list doctor services once the broadside was over. We had an FAQ, and that, that was the perfect time to start looking at new lists. So I went ahead and went ahead and paid for the services, and we had a phone call. They allowed me to record, and we're going to share that recording here with you today. Um, and then we'll have a little discussion afterwards. I shared it with Ray, so he's heard it. Yeah, now- I have heard
1: it. And uh, it was like you're in a business conference call. Yeah. It wasn't the normal... No, oh, Andy that No And he used your real name.
0: Which yeah, he used? he used my real name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, my, my email comes across as Andrew, not Andy. So, you know, he was using my, my real name. So um, <laughs> there were there were not the, the booby and uh, poop shenanigans that, that usually occurs because um, I was actually trying to absorb some knowledge here. I'm trying to get good. I'm yeah, trying.
1: I know. You're getting better. <laughs> but there, there was a part in there what you guys were all hear, so we'll talk about it. After yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and we'll get there. Um, but before we do that, I want, of course want to get to some shout shoutouts. Um, once again, we do have a voicemail line for you guys to call into.
1: Some, some of you are finding your balls. Some, of S- them, some, some of, you. of you.
0: Now, as as well as finding your balls, you have to let us know who the fuck you are. Yeah, <laughs> like I, I know I, I got to think back. This is my audience, right? It's probably not the. The, the brightest bulbs on the tree, right? Well, so, I
1: mean, if you are listening to this podcast, you are not the brightest bulb or the sharpest
0: crayon in the box. No, you are not. At all. <laughs> so, if you're going to leave us a voicemail, and I highly recommend doing go ahead and drunk dial it. Because, I
1: mean, it does take a special dumb to
0: understand me. You know what I'm saying? I I, I get, you know, not a That's special dumb. That's why we get along. Dumb. I, I wouldn't consider myself a special kind of... <laughs> But if you're going to leave us a voicemail, go ahead and give us your name so we know exactly who you are.
1: You can give us your uh, Jody name. That's fine. Hold on. It's okay the fuck are you doing
0: i'm pulling up this the is not very good radio no it's not well, that's all
1: you, you say you're gonna edit. you don't ever edit shit out i edit stuff all no the you don't you last fucking show you said you're <laughs> gonna do fucking fart sounds There was no fucking fart sounds.
0: you know how hard it is to find farts i do have to put fart sounds in every place where there was t- you know, time how that hard is it to get how hard we yeah.
1: have all this recording equipment here you could
0: have just recorded a fart finding fart sounds yes but then adding fart sounds to a three and a half hour long podcast every time we said the word would have been impossible
1: Hey, you're the one that made the dumb sound, okay? <laughs> you just had to search for Tao. That's it.
0: <laughs> so it's search. You have to listen for it, the whole thing. But. You work at home. We have a voicemail line. <laughs> yeah, I work from home. We have a voicemail line. The number to call is 442-444-0791. There you can call us, drunk dial us, and leave us a shitty voicemail. Leave us a happy voicemail. You've heard some of them. Well, we got a new one tweet from a guy once again if don't have his name
1: it's all right we got a number i can tell you his number yeah is... his number is <laughs> it's 830 area code though i, I think that. this is texas there's a lot of idiots there too yeah, yeah that's plenty why, that's why they're tuning in
0: okay <laughs> so um here's yeah, a... I,
1: I when i was in the marine corps i did get along with a lot of texas
0: people that makes sense <laughs> that makes that explains a lot
1: like i was like you always like you get along like hanging out Right, and they're like, "Where are you from?" I'm like, fucking Texas. I'm like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Got it. Always so anyway, white. Always white.
0: Always white. But anyway, so here is our phone caller from Texas. I just had to call to say that you guys are my absolute favorite podcast of all time. You're literally the only fucking podcast that I've listed listened to from beginning to end. He's probably you you know, sitting, too. Keep this shit up. Never, ever leave, because if you guys left, I have no idea what the fuck I would listen to at work. Oh, yeah, and Ray said that if uh, you know, we're listening to this podcast, we are definitely no Nick Notavati. Well, he'd probably be the next Nick Notavati if he would shut his cock docker on the front of his mouth and play more Warhammer as much as he runs his mouth. I love you guys. Keep doing what you do. Later. <laughs> I do play a lot. <laughs> you do play a lot. See, the thing is, is, when I first started the show, you say, I don't talk a lot. And I can't get you to shut up now.
1: <laughs> well, you made me do a fucking podcast, right? <laughs> I mean, we got to fucking talk, right? And it's like Tuesday, Wednesday, gonna be recording. Maybe sometimes Saturdays if we have guests and shit. Yeah,
0: sometimes we have guests,
1: but and then fucking tournaments, we gotta talk.
0: We gotta talk at tournaments.
1: And I mean, at tournaments, I'm I'm not very uh, sociable. I now mean, if you think back at the Brats, I was just playing.
0: You were just you're you're c- conversing in order to get the game moving.
1: Yeah. I'm not I'm not a person you don't have fun when you play me. I'm I'm really interested, like I wish I could see my fucking what is that score that your players gave you? What was that shit called? Your comp comp- scores your composition
0: scores, yeah. Comp
1: scores? Really, I fucking hate comp scores. That's just dumb as fuck, but I,
0: I tied for first place for comp scores.
1: I know I saw. It wasn't but your fucking painting scores.
0: My stuff wasn't finished.
1: All that painting that you had, man.
0: I, all that painting I did and it still wasn't finished. I got a
1: higher paint score than you.
0: Did you really? Yeah. Oh your shit was painted by somebody else though, <laughs> <Yeah>. you motherfucker. <laughs> We to compete in that hobby track, Ray. Hey,
1: man. I circled both yes and no for painting the army. It was your choice if you wanted to believe either one. Okay, I didn't. I didn't pick out which ones I painted.
0: Next year, next year I'll win that thing. Next year I'll win best comp.
1: I well, they just say win the whole thing. I could win the whole thing too. Well, that means you would have to win me.
0: I will. I will win you over. Win mean yeah, beat you.
1: Yeah, that. Yeah. But this guy, area code A3O. Yeah, Mr. A3O. He was either drinking.
0: Which sounds like our audience.
1: Which sounds like our audience. Or he's related to me.
0: Could be, yeah. Stuttering. So, a stuttering drunk. Yeah. Could yeah. be related to you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> probably short. Nah, Texas. Texas people use it all.
0: Yeah, it depends. There's some, there's some shallow probably, gene you pools You probably there. got
1: that totally right. He's not even from fucking Texas. There's probably.
0: some shallow gene pools there, you know.
1: I guess. I don't know. I was only there once, and I was in like, I don't know, apparently the bad part of Texas. The bad know. part of Texas, like San Jose, I think.
0: San Jose. Is this San Jose, Texas? I don't know. This is San Jose. Everywhere in the south isn't there San something? I don't know.
1: It was a Mexican name.
0: <laughs> okay. But
1: There was a lot of white people there.
0: Okay. Sounds there like San Diego.
1: And, and downtown was like <laughs>
0: some river. San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> what did i say san jose that's the same <laughs> that's the same shit you got sad in it oh my god okay folks well remember the alamo um and what we're gonna do is we're gonna play the audio from the recording and we'll be back um with our thoughts our impressions our feelings not our feelings I don't drinking. have to. You have no feelings.
1: If you ask Heidi, she would
0: say I have no no feelings. feelings. <laughs> yeah. And we'll be back. What's up, veteran gamers? Andy here. I'm here with my best buddy Ray. Yeah, what's up? Hey, and we're here to talk to you about Gamers Arsenal. Ray, tell me a little bit about Gamers Arsenal.
1: Gamers Arsenal, a place to you know go and play competitively. You can go. You can find me there. You can get some good hardcore uh, competitive games in there. Get that practice. Uh, get your AOS stuff. Get your uh, X-wing stuff there too. You got a good uh, X-wing community
0: so our good buddy Alex of course opened up Gamers Arsenal for a place for gamers to be you know in our local community maybe there wasn't always space for tabletop gamers So there wasn't always space for X-Wing gamers but now there's space for everybody we got space Alex opened up space for if you can play Magic you can play Magic there you want to play Pokemon you can play Pokemon you want to play X-Wing you want to play 40k you want to play competitive you want to play friendly there's space for everyone at Gamers Arsenal
1: no if you're playing friendly don't 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 talk to me
0: <laughs> just
1: go find someone else go, go find, find, go find else. Alex
0: yeah go find Alex you can find Gamers Arsenal online on their Facebook page at The Gamers Arsenal.
1: Yeah, I, I moderate that, so uh,
0: good luck. <laughs> good luck with that. Good luck with that. <laughs> with that. Uh, we'll hope to see you guys all at Gamers Arsenal. Until then, ladies, bag of dicks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, Cool. Yes. Yeah, so we're both using new tech. This is awesome.
2: <laughs> yes. Excellent. Okay. It'll fantastic. Be, it'll
0: be great test for both of us.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll be stronger people for dealing with the technological hurdles that we're dealing with. Yeah, we're we're taking this
0: to the next level. We're not just talking Warhammer and Tyranids. We're talking we're talking tech too. This is fantastic. That's
2: right. That's right. This is your two for one stop shop where you two can <laughs> learn about Warhammer and how to use the internet. <laughs> two for the price of one. Two for the price of one.
0: Awesome. So how's it going today, man? It's going great. Um, my meeting got canceled, so I had plenty of time today and, Excellent. uh, yeah, I was helping out my buddy with a website for his brand new store. Uh, the gamers Arsenal. he opened up a brand new game store this year, this year, and I'm helping out with the website. So, okay. Helping there him get you. some stuff going. So, but that meeting got canceled. So I had plenty of time today to just do other things like other work. So,
2: oh, <laughs> so you got,
0: are you like done for the rest of the day then after this? Um, uh, well then my kids get home from school. And then there's probably some more work. I probably I work from home, so you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, it's nice. it's you know for the most part I can do what I want, but I have to get my work done, <laughs> or else I don't get to work from home anymore. <laughs>
2: That's and fair. I have to commute, <laughs> yeah. They tend to complain if we don't get stuff done at home. Yeah, yeah. We let you work from home, and all you're doing is playing PUBG. Like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I need to try PUBG. I haven't gotten into it yet. I really need to. Everyone keeps telling me to. Right now, I'm playing God of War 4. So oh, really? My,
0: yeah. My buddy Ray and I, he's... My buddy Ray is a big PUBG guy. So, like, yeah, all the time. He okay. should be painting models, and
2: he's playing PUBG. So. I mean, which one of us should not? Is there a 40k player that should not be painting models? I don't know any person who's like, yeah, I'm caught up on my paint queue. No, I'm never caught up on my painting. No, I, I don't think there is a person who's caught up on their paint queue. It doesn't exist. (laughs) There's always a project to be done. It's like Bigfoot, you know, in theory it could, it could happen, but like it never actually does in
0: practice. No, I I have at least 12 projects going on at any one time. So exactly. exactly, exactly.
2: Well, so, uh, I kind of gave you an outline of what I typically talk about in these calls, um, which is I talk about uh, a few different things. I talk about like gatekeepers armies and strategies. Um, and kind of like some tactics and tricks you may not necessarily be familiar with when it regards to this specific army. Um, everyone typically has some questions about what are the situations in which I should employ, how should I deploy, where should I be deep striking? What are my priorities? That sort of thing, which is another topic that I also like to talk about. Um, uh, that also kind of leads into uh, a little bit of target party when it comes to close combat, especially when I'm talking about the gene sealers. Those are going to be easily the most tricky part of your list in uh, using appropriately because gene sealers, if they're uh, not put into the right thing, tend to explode very, very easily. Yes, uh, and then I'm of course highly you know, aware of their
0: explosions.
2: that happen to be oh, quite yes, frequent. very good at the explosions. Yeah, <laughs> they're they're very much a um, a precision tool. If you can, uh, I'm going to I'm going to use a I'm going to use a forty k. Metaphor here. Okay. Okay. You know when uh, Horus fought the Emperor, and the only reason the Emperor won is because there was a chink in our armor that was delivered by Sanguinius. Yes. Okay. The gene stealers are Sanguinius. They're gonna they're gonna like create a serious flaw in your opponent's armor through which the rest of your army can exploit and take all victories forever. That's 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 they are Sanguinius. Oh, and, and just like Sanguinius, they're gonna die every time, every game. Yeah. Never not gonna happen. <laughs> Never not gonna die. Yeah. Not going to happen. So uh, that's kind of the plan. And uh, if you have any questions beyond that, I'm more than happy to answer them. Or if you want to go off topic and kind of discuss your own uh, kind of thoughts, that's also totally fine. So it's kind of your choice at this point.
0: Well, I kind of I would like to kind of, you know, I got your, I got the list you and I really appreciate it. I think I got excited about it because I've been telling my friends for a while. I think Carnifexes are good. And they keep mm-hmm. telling me, no, they're not good. I'm like, no, I, guys, <laughs> I think they're really good. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they were in my I had two in my list for a while. And I, I peeled them out because I kept saying, you know, you'd be more efficient if you put this in. And of course, I bowed to you know peer pressure. Peer pressure. Yeah. yeah, and I said, okay, I'll take them out, and I put hormagons in, which you know they're good. Yep. But you know, I felt like I played a big tournament, and I didn't. I felt like everything sort of. I had two gene stealer units and a big thing of hormagons, and I felt like after turn two, if I didn't kill everything in two turns,
2: mm-hmm. like everything just died, and then my everything punch kind went of away. Yeah. So. uh, there's kind of tool school thought in regards to that. Um, Nick is kind of of the opinion, sort of, of that type of list where you take a lot of gene to a lot of formicons, utilize movement and you're, and I've said this before, Nick's a bit of more of a finesse player, whereas I'm more of a aggression and type of, you know, maximum threat overload type of player in which I use my gene sealers as a tool, but not the main threat. Uh, card is I use them as kind of a, a pressure unit that can kind of, Take a surprising amount of firepower before they explode, and that's I really like them. They have weaknesses, of course, True. but with the FAQ, they only got stronger. Carnifexes did. So, how do you yeah. see the FAQ affecting the Carnifex and making them better? So, the reason why uh, Carnifexes got better is because other choices kind of got worse and then deep striking one away. So we're talking about Carnifexes, which are t T7 unit. They have a decent number of wounds. They have, if you take them in Jormungunder, which you should, they have a two-up armor save in the open. And you're talking about something that's usually minus one to be shot, which is a big deal against 95% of the armies out there, unless you're running Reapers, of course. Uh, and even then, it, it still applies to them in the psychic phase. Uh, they put out a decent, much, decent amount of shooting, and they're kind of just general all-the-way well-rounders. Uh, they put out 12 shots, hitting on threes, Strength 7, AP minus 1, 24 inches. They, they do an impressive amount of, of damage, and people really tend to underestimate them for around 115 points. So previously, these things were sort of overshadowed by fly rents, which are just objectively better. They yeah. just are. And overshadowed by things like Molochs, because Molochs can provide a sort of board presence that effects can't. Carnifexes are a slow moving threat, but a threat nonetheless. Molochs are an immediate you determine when and where they become a threat. Um, and neither of those things exists anymore because of the FAQ. The other issue with Carnifex is, is that the way I built them, which is, you can build around, is that I built them all shooty with very little close combat. And so the instant they got touched in close combat, they became very ineffective. And you know, with the fact that deep Striking's kind of gone away, and only very few things can actually provide a turn one charge, that makes them much more reliable at getting several turns of shooting off. It also makes them better at surviving things because they absorb a lot of the types of firepower that your hive tyrants do. So you're providing a lot of res- saturation. If you have Reapers, the same kind of things that the Reapers are going to shoot at, you know, your hive tyrants is what they're going to shoot at. <laughs> My dog said high, high, apparently. Yeah. So um, there's uh, you have a, a good number of of redundant threats which is kind of the way i build my list and carnifex is because of the rule of three they can kind of avoid that because they can be taken in squads right. and so one carnifex two carnifex is kind of meh, but when you start taking more than that they really build up in terms of crap there's so much this and a lot of my shooting is not effective against it so i expect them to do better because the meta and i expect them to do better because they didn't they are doing going to do better in the current meta and other units got straight up worse during the rules due to rules changes
0: yeah. And I saw the, I, um, I've been running for frequently and um, kind of counter to sort of what people have said is the better options, things like on flying hive tyrants, it was monstrous rending claws, And I took monstrous scything because so I like three damage. I hate variable mm-hmm. yep. damage. Um, but then also I was taking devourers over death spitters only because the break point for most things, uh, I think the big breakpoints are strength for shooting. And then like strength five shooting, and then after that you don't get a really a break point till strength eight shooting. So explain mm-hmm.
2: to me the virtue of strength seven over the strength six on the devourer. Okay. Well it depends on the use that you take it on. If you take it on hive tyrants, honestly, in my opinion, there isn't much of a uh, improvement. Mathematically speaking, I've done the math mathemati- of the calculations of this. Uh, the twelve shot devourers versus the uh, the you know essentially six shot death spitters are extremely equivalent in most situations. The only time in which death spitters actually reign supreme is against T seven models that have a three plus or better armor save. That's it. That's literally it. So vehicles, which is yeah, not serpent, an yeah. Insig- yeah it's not an insignificant portion of the field that you're going to sure. see, but it is a limited number of the field. Otherwise against infantry, against things like monstrous, uh, uh, things like, uh, Oh, I don't know. You got other tanks, like weaker tanks, like Venoms. If you get things like Shining Spears, Reapers, that sort of stuff. Mathematically, the Devourers are better. They just they just are. But the Carnif the reason that it's useful on a Hive Tyrant is the Hive Tyrant can also determine the rules of engagement. It can deep strike in range very easily with 18 inches uh, of its shots, and it also moves way faster, way 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 faster. Than a Carnifex does, and wants to be in combat because I usually take them as redundant pro platforms. They're they're going to be good at melee, and they're going to be good at shooting, so they're kind of bouncing between those two things since they have fly. Um, Carnifexes are different because a they walk and they can't determine the the rules of engagement. They have to move into range, which they're very limited at doing with only seven inches, as opposed to a high Terrence sixteen. Mm-hmm. Um, And the other thing about them is that you don't really want them getting in combat, at least the way I build them. You can adjust for that if you wanted to. But if you're building the full shooty build, the instant those guys get touched in close combat, they become ineffective. And so that, you know, there is a 24-inch line dead man's land. And so people theoretically think, well, okay, I can move seven with my Carnifex, and I have 18 inch with my Devours, so I should be in range of stuff. But your a savvy opponent is just going to deploy two inches away from the line, and you're going to have a Carnifex that's not going to be shooting for a turn. Right. Death Spitters. That actually the reason I like the Death Spitters is because there is a small difference in terms of effectiveness against most units, but the six inches difference for the Carnifexes is, is huge. It's it really can't be expressed in numbers. The ability it basically gives you an extra turn of shooting for all those Carnifexes and makes them scary on turn one. So, for Hive Tyrants, you want to do Devourers. For Carnifexes, you want to do Death spitters.
0: Okay, cool. It's about the distance that you need to shoot turn one. The it's distance about that is, turn yeah, one shooting. shooting, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's good to know. Um, explain to me the difference. And people have told me that uh, <coughs> Monstrous Rending Claws are much more efficient on a flying Hive Tyrant than Monstrous Scything Talons. Um, I know they're for free, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but there's a piece of me that really loves just knowing that if I get into close combat with that character that has five wounds, for instance, or six wounds, yep. that that flat three damage is really going to most likely kill this guy. Yep. Explain to me the virtue of monstrous rending claws as opposed to monstrous sighting talons on like a flying hive
2: turn other than That's, it's free. Yep. Okay. Uh, okay. So obviously the fair thing is not an insignificant difference. It's no, it's something not something but... like, you know what is fifteen points or whatever it is 15, for? 30, uh, yeah. It's fifteen points versus zero points, which is obviously not insignificant. But let's let's look at the mathematics of these two different things. So hive tyrant is strength six, which is not in, it's not a weak strength, but it's not a super high strength either. Um, it's going to be wounding things like on guard on two. It's going to be wounding things like marines on threes, and in most tanks, it's going to be wounding on fives. Well, the fact that a hive tyrant has four attacks means that he's better at killing elite infantry as opposed to things like cultists sure so the shooting aspect of the hive tyrant is good for killing things like cultists because he pumps out 12 shots of those devourers that we talked about four attacks he's not so good at killing that sort of stuff so his close combat immediately drives him into focusing on things that tend to be a little bit more elite things that have multiple wounds things that have a little higher toughness a little better armor save right so that's that's where a high tyrant tends to naturally gravitate in terms of where it's going to be in close combat. So now that you've determined kind of the priority of those two different things, you have to look at the Monstrous rending Claws versus the Scything talons. So they both have a respectable AP, so those are kind of comparable. Um, the Monstrous training Claws does D3 wounds, so an average of 2, sure. and yep. the Monstrous Scything talons, as you've already stated, do a straight-up 3. So... In a vacuum, it sounds like the um, the three just sounds better. It it does. However, you have to you have to remember the fact that the rerolling to wound for free is a huge, huge difference, especially when you're going against things like vehicles. Yeah, rarely are you ever going to be wounding things on twos where you want to do multiple wounds. The one exception I can think of is like maybe a company commander, which is going to die in close combat to a flyer anyway. Right. So you're usually wounding on threes or worse. So two thirds of your wounds are going to fail. So on average, right? Well, if you're using the monstrous rending claws, almost all of your wounds are going to go through. So two thirds of your wounds on scything talons means that two thirds of that three wounds go through. So an average of two wounds. Monstrous rending claws, almost all the wounds are going to go through, and that, as we said, that's an average of two. So when you factor in the rerolling the wound, those two are really comparable. But it gets even better than that. It's not only that they're free. It's also that on a six to wound, on a re rolling platform, it does a straight up three wounds. So on a six, you're going to be doing wounds that are equal to your scything talents. Okay? Sure. If you take a guy who's re rolling the wound against a vehicle and you're looking for a five or six, half of your wounds are automatically going to do three at an AP that's like minus six. It's one of the highest in the game.
0: Yeah, it's, ridiculously, tox- it's ridiculously high and it's, it's ridiculous. At that at that point you're reaching someone's invulnerable save anyway. It's yep. it's almost it's, so worthless, it sort of like it's, a worthless. So plus. at negative six is worthless. It's like Yeah. You mean the negative one four? Time I'll makes I'll take a it. the
2: difference is if you have a guy that has a two up armor save and he has a plus one for some reason. And then it then it actually ignores it. That's the only situation though. Um, but if you take toxin sacks and you put it on a fly rent, you do an average of four wounds on a six. And so when you put a flyerant into a vehicle, like say a rhino what you're often going to do, you have four attacks. You're going to hit equivalent between the guy who has monstrous sighting talons and the guy that has monstrous rending claws. The difference is that you're going to be re-rolling the wound with monstrous sighting talons. So, you know, two thirds times two thirds are going to fail. So roughly a little over half of your attacks, we'll say two are going to go through and actually do wounds to that tank. The monstrous sighting talons, maybe one or two are going to go through. Okay. So roughly comparable to the number they go through. And then if you look at, uh, but when you include the fact that on a six, you're doing four wounds with the monster with the monstrous uh, rending clause, as opposed to the science talents always do three, then the two become almost negligible in terms of difference. And in, in fact, monstrous rending claws become a little bit better. Um, so I agree in a vacuum. If you look at the three damage straight up, it looks better, but the fact that it can reroll the wound makes it mathematically equivalent to 95% of the things that you're going to be attacking them with. And then the fact that you take Toxin sacks, which really utilizes that, that re-roll to wound and relies on a six because a six always wounds. You can do crazy amounts of damage with fire. in close combat.
0: Yeah, no one's really broken that down, the difference between the monsters. It's just, oh, it's more efficient for the rending clause. And I haven't really gotten that breakdown yet as to no. why. And, and now I'm sort of seeing it. So I'm going to, you know.
2: And, like, and the fact that it's free. just I, I could see the argument if they were equivalent. But the fact that it's free in addition to all that just makes the monsters trying to cause better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I see that now. I see that. Um, now the, the list you gave me, um, had one unit of gene stealers in it. Yep. And I've always been of the opinion that if you're going to take one, you might as well take two. Cause someone's going to focus the bejesus out of that one <laughs> unit of gene stealers and I'm probably yep. going to lose them. Um, other than we didn't have points, what what would you know? Explain to me the
2: the one gene stealer unit and how I would you know really make that work. Okay. so I like one gene stealer unit because a they're really pricey and b one is usually enough to do what I need to have done. Two has merit. I don't want to ma- I want to make that really clear. But the reason why is because I always use them in a way that they're protected. Um, a I deploy them out of line of sight. Um, in which case, the only armies that can hit them are things like Mortars or that sort of stuff, which is not an insignificant number of in the field. But if you're playing against, say, a Death Guard army and the only Mortars you have are those little Plague Burst Crawler plague burst, Mortars, yeah. which are hitting on 4s, 5s if he moves, I'm, I'm fine with losing 3 or 4 Genies to that attack um, before they get to move. Um, you can also just Deep Strike the Genies, and I think people really don't appreciate how useful this is. Even though they can't do the whole Deep Strike um, you know, in the middle of the field thing anymore. What they can do is they can pop up anywhere within six inches of the little the spore cyst infestation node. Yep, infestation node that they pop out of, and that does not require that an enemy be nine inches away. So when it pop, when those genies pop, so if you're going to go second, or you're thinking that uh, an opponent is going to rush you turn one, you're totally fine with deploying those one squads of genies in a ne- in a nest. In which case. You kind of spread your tokens out, and if anyway, if the opponent charges your lines, those genies are going to be just a couple three inches away from the enemy anyway, because you have you can pop out six inches away plus the base, so effectively seven inches away from the node, and you can be as close to an enemy as you want. Um, and the second reason why is because uh, if a person has enough to kill one squad of gene stealers, in my experience, they usually have enough to kill two. Sure. So. I can feel no pain one squad and try to keep them alive. It's harder to keep, uh, keep alive two squads. And so I wanna t- one thing I want to talk about with you, in particular, Andrew, is, is tricks you can use to keep those genies alive. Because it, that you are right that you have to be a little more careful with the one gene series squad. Um, but, you also, uh, but there are definitely ways to prevent them from dying. Um, to be clear, you need to understand that these things are going to die. As long as you understand that and you just want to make the best trade for it, that you can, there's going to be no issue for you in using your gene sealers. I've been so a two player it, since
0: uh, early 5th edition, so I'm just yep. appealing peeling models from the table.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that, good, good. Peeling you, models is not a problem that. for You've me. You've had experience with this then and then. Yes. <laughs> um, so you deploy them out of line of sight, um, if you can, and you are going to deal with the, uh, and often what I do is I actually deploy them in a bubble around my hive guard, um, because my hive guard are hiding behind a piece of terrain, and then those genies, if anything tries to char- tries to charge my hive guard, is gonna have to deal with a bunch of genie attacks. Okay, maybe I take a little bit of mortars. That's totally fine. And then turn one, what you use is you're gonna use that stratagem where you get to double advance and move since they're cracking. and you're gonna try and charge anything you can. Doesn't matter what it is. It literally doesn't matter. Scouts whatever, anything you can on the field. And they have a pretty huge threat range because you're usually getting 18 to 20 inches movement out of it. Um, you're going to charge anything you can, and you're going to put... And remember, when you charge, you can move the models however you want. So you're going to move those genies up towards, let's say, a scout squad. Okay, You're going to move it up towards the scout squad. You're going to put one genie in because you have to required by rules, and then everyone else is just going to move past and around those scouts. You're going to roll with that one genie, and you're going to... every. Uh, according to the rule book, every single unit has a, or every single model has a close combat weapon, so you're just going to say, I swing with my close combat weapon, maybe kill a scout, and then you're going to pile in around all of those scouts so that they're all surrounded so they can't escape. That is the best tool you have to try and keep your genies alive. And you're going to be doing this almost every single turn of the game. If you happen to charge something and you're forced to kill it, which is fine, say against, uh, Let's say I'm going against uh, Yanari, for example. I charge the Rangers. The Rangers die. You're going to use the overrun stratagem so that they can double move. And according to how the FAQ was ruled, these guys get to keep their advance roll that they had before, which means that they move another 18 inches when they move. Or 21 right now opportunic advance, yeah. Yep, exactly. And then So now you have a 36-inch move that you have, and then you're going to spend 3 CP to swing again. And you're going to pile in something that started 36 inches away from you, all the way around it so again the gene sealers are stuck in combat you are now 36 inches away from where you stop in the opponent's gun line surrounding unit like reapers that you don't want shooting your hive tyrants and now your opponent has to spend a turn dealing with the gene sealers which they can do gene sealers are not hard to kill but while they're dealing with that they're not dealing with your flyers, they're not dealing with your carnifexes they're not dealing with your hive guard so they are just dis- they are they are distraction carnifex and if they kill anything awesome huge bonus because they're not—they'll inst- kill things like demon princes. They'll kill things like tanks with the number of attacks they have. But that's how you want to keep them alive. A lot of people think that gene stealers are there to murder stuff. They all are, but their first job is to stay alive and hold things until the rest of the army can get in there, and then they go crazy just trying to murder whatever they can.
0: Now you're going to have to explain that the to spend the three three CP to swing again because I was under the impression that I couldn't swing again on something unless I declared it in a charge. Correct. You can't
2: swing again, but you can fight again. So the way that charging works is that you can choose a unit to fight at the beginning of the fight phase if it either A, started within an inch of an enemy, or B, charged. Okay? Okay. So if the geniuses fit that criteria because they made a successful charge that turn. Okay? Okay. You can only swing against, and swing being the key word here, something that was in 12 inches that you charged against. So let's say you move up, you declare some rangers in the middle of the field as the charge target you charge them you murder them okay you are then going to spend the cp to do overrun you move 18 inches closer to the enemy's line and now you're next to let's say some reapers and like a a farseer and like uh, a wave serpent or something like that legally speaking you can't declare a charge against them because you're not declaring a charge you're activating to fight again but there's nothing, and that precludes you from swinging on them, but it doesn't preclude you from piling in and then consolidating. So you can pile in anywhere you want on the board, and you can consolidate anywhere you want on that board. You just can't punch them when you do it. So you're spending 3 CP to go in around those reapers and surround them, and you're not doing any damage to them this turn. But you're also preventing them from leaving combat, which protects your gene stealers, And you're preventing them from shooting you, which is huge for your Hive tyrant. protects Hive Tyrants, yeah. Yeah. So you're going to do that with Guard and Tanks. You're going to do that with things like Yanari and uh, Shining Spears or Reapers. And you're going to do it against other stuff that you literally just don't want shooting at you. And the key thing is, is since it's a pile-in, they don't get Overwatch. And they don't get to swing. Because it happens at the very end of the phase. And at the very end of the phase, all combats are done, except for the one where you pile in again. So it costs an expensive amount to do this strategy. You're paying 1 at the beginning of the turn to do the move advance. You're paying 1 to overrun, and you're paying 3 to swing again. But 5 CP to effectively tie up an opponent's gun line is, for a whole turn is actually basically giving you a free turn is a great trade. Oh, this is a fantastic trade because not only do
0: I get, cause I'm playing ITC for the most part, I'm getting, I'm guaranteeing my kill turn one and I yep. could now pile in on top of something that's on an objective. I'm getting better chances yep. for bonuses for holding extra objectives. I'm holding yep. more objectives cause I'm on their objective. You know, I could see so many opportunities for that. Yes, I just, I didn't understand that
2: aspect of the assault phase and the rules and having that explained actually changes a lot. Yep. You know. it's, it's, it's something that a lot of players don't realize they can do. And once someone has it done to them, uh, they're like, holy crap, that is a nightmare. Uh, but it's a hundred percent legal. It's something you can do. And smart players will know this. Savvy players will know this and they will screen their reapers with a wave serpent or something like that. In which case it's going to be really hard to try and surround something that has like, you know, fly. Um, but it's, Which is one of those situations where you just want to surround rangers. But if you can catch an opponent off guard, it it can single-handedly win you a game.
0: Oh, there's been so many chances where I've gotten my gene stealers to assault turn one. I've gotten them there. And there was like some little piddly unit behind them that I couldn't... They weren't quite within 12 inches. But now I've made it. And if I could have just piled in again and consolidated, that would have been fantastic. I'd have killed them in their turn. And now I'm off and running in mine. Yep, exactly.
2: And since they're cracking, if you don't kill them in your turn, you can just fall back and charge something anyway. Something something juicier, or, yeah. Yeah. So, the only way your opponent has to deal with gene stealers is close combat. Well, guess where gene stealers are the most dangerous is close yeah, combat. Yeah, close combat, yeah. So, even if your opponent takes them down, and they will, those gene stealers are going to be like a little a, a kamikaze bomb that takes out a bunch of the <laughs> army with them.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, that's what I use them for. I I've previously used them for turn one, two turn glass cans, hope they kill enough. And then I've tried to do the surround something, and it, that, that's worked a couple times for, in my benefit. Um, but yeah, I, I know they're going to die. I'm prepared for them to die. I just hope that I have enough board control or I've killed enough in those first two turns where when I lose these guys, it's not that big of a deal.
2: Yeah. And so this does not rely on one Gene Sealer squad. You can do this with two, although usually you want one to deep strike turn one. And one to actually use the strategy in turn one. I just like having a little yeah. bit of diversity yeah. in my army than that. Sure. Rather than having Gene Sealer Trick to rely on. Um, again, there's nothing wrong with two Gene Squads. You can absolutely do this. And it becomes even grosser if you have Swarm yeah. Lord, so we can give them something like a 70-inch threat range, which is ridiculous. Uh, but it it's something, but uh, I use kind of a little more balanced approach in being able to try and pull it off. Oh, yeah, because the Swarm Lord is so expensive. I've, I've built so many lists trying to fit the Swarm Lord in, because what
0: he does is great. Um, yeah, but he's 300 points. <laughs> yeah, and, he's expensive. And a 19-man gene still unit's like 228 or something like that. It's so yeah.
2: well, I mean, if you're spending, you know, if you're buying a, uh, you know, swarming and you're buying two squads of gene series, you're talking about a third of your list in just three squads. Right. Which is not something I'm necessarily always okay paying with. Doesn't mean it's not valid. Doesn't mean it's not a good list. It's just that something that I prefer. To try to avoid. It makes you too one-dimensional. It makes your list. Lo- you know, yeah. once you start losing those gene stealers, now it's like, now what do I have? A third of my list that's, is gone. It's there's not much left. That's my opinion. Because worst case scenario, if someone blows away my gene stealers, I lose 220 points as opposed to losing two squads of gene stealers and swarmy is something like 700 points. Right.
0: I mean Swarm is a beast, but if he doesn't have anything to really make do better, it's he's sort of you're missing out on his benefit of being three hundred points. I mean he's a beast in close combat. He will kill you know, he'll kill the fuck kind out of something.
2: But you yeah. know And hive, he did get better now the FAQ because he's not a hive tyrant. He does not share a data slate, so you can use three flying arts and the swarm lord if you want.
0: Yeah, that's just a lot of points too. <laughs> yes it is. But you can do it. It you is do legal. it. That would be sexy, I guess,
2: but <laughs> Yeah. Um, talk to Did me. Do you about have any other nagging questions? I kind of talked a little bit about deployment and deep striking options, uh, especially that trick about surrounding the hive guard. Um, and I kind of told you that what the real strategy I really want to talk about was the gene setter strategy because so many players don't know about that and it's such a huge factor in most of your games. Um, and also, whenever you kill a character, don't don't ever forget to feed your ten builds. It's easy to forget that every single
0: yeah, time. Yeah, I, I forgot that a lot. I remember <laughs> thinking back to my yep. tournament I'm like, oh god, I gotta spend a command but try to get D three back. Yep. You know. But um you, you mentioned something about gatekeeper kind of armies real yes. quick. And yep. briefly explain that to me and how tiernids deal with that. Have you heard of the term gatekeeper armies before? I, I've briefly heard it, but I you know, I thought the it was more of a how do you get past the meta sort of thing. That was my idea.
2: Sort of. So, gatekeeper armies are a term for an army that you are required to be able to beat to actually function at a tournament level. What I mean by that is these are armies that are taken by so many people that you can almost expect to see at every single tournament that your list needs to be able to deal with. Yeah, that was my idea. Oh, how strange. I'm definitely going to see this sometime in five games. I better be prepared for it. Yeah. So... No one necessarily playtests against, hey, here's a 12 raider list filled with witches. Because that'd be kind of a weird list. Not saying it's not good. It would just be a little weird. But P- you should always expect to say and know how to play against Yanari. Right. You should absolutely know how to expect and play against Guard Gunline. Right. You should actually, ab- absolutely know how to expect to play against Blood Angels, Shield Captains, and Custodes on Bikes character spam. These are just things you are going to see at a tournament. So I wanted to talk about a few basic strategies about those different armies um just brief little tips things that you may not necessarily recognize so let's start talking about unari i've already kind of hit on one of the really important things which is you know you're going to use those rangers and surround them to protect your army use that against your opponent don't be afraid to do that and don't be afraid to again move assault swing in and then uh you're going to do the you know pile in uh, the overrun so that you can swing in and now you're tying up uh reapers because reapers are the thing you really need to that about, scary about in that army I would not be as scared about shining spears, especially after the FAQ mode. Um, The other thing to recognize against an army like Unari is that for warlord traits, I usually pick the one that allows me to redeploy my Hive Tyrant um, and put him on the board. Because if I go first, yep, Alien Cunning. If I go first, I can just start moving him. If I go second, I can say, oh, okay, I'm going to redeploy him in Deep Strike Reserve. And that way I don't have to eat the Reapers. But you shouldn't necessarily be scared of the reapers because uh, they, you know, you have five Carnifexes which are going to be eating the same kind of firepower that those reapers are, and you're probably going to lose a flyerent um, uh, on average against those guys. So you need to decide if you're okay, more if in, in the particular game you're playing, it's are the Carnifexes more important or are the higher tyrants more important. Um, so null deployment in that particular army is a really big deal. They don't often have a lot of ways of dealing with your Gene sealers, so I tend to deploy those a little more aggressively. But you absolutely can deal with Yanari. Um, another army that is important to know, know about is Guard. Um, and in that case, you want to... And you're, I think you're going to start seeing a lot more Hellhounds with the meta coming up. Those are the so, Flamers, right? Yep, the Flamers. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're going to see both the Artemia Hellhounds, which are Forge rolled, that do two wounds each at like 16 inches or something ridiculous. Yeah. And then you're going to see the regular Hellhounds. And you want to try and get your Stealers into those guys and just touching them. Again, with the double move assault, this is why the, I like the gene sealers. They really are effective at doing this. Um, and you usually want to do a, a uh, you want to do a flank deploy. So you want to put your hive tyrants on one side of the board when they deploy, and then move them up the board so that a bunch of the the hive or the uh, guards players shooting is out of range. Especially if it's hellhounds, because he's likely going to deploy them across the board, and you want to have, have to have bring them one at a time over towards you so you can deal with. Two at a time or one at a time, as opposed to all six at the same time. Right. Um, against things like um custodes, you want to lean hard on smite and psychic scream. Those are gonna be your best tools in terms of uh dealing with custode bikes, and you always wanna charge them. A lot of people think that you shouldn't be charging custodes bikes, but the fact that they are strength six re-rolling to wound makes a huge difference. About strength six and not rerolling the wounds. Plus, they get so the recharge in in your phase, don't they? Uh, they can do that with one unit, and it costs like three CP, and they can okay. do it with a bike. Yeah, but if you if you have the option to charge a Carnifex into a Custode squad of like maybe a, a shield bike captain, on average they're gonna live. I would absolutely put him in there. And the reason why is because uh, he's going to take a whole. He's going to wait. He's not going to be able to kill him in your turn, on average. He's going to have to wait till his or the next turn to try and kill him. In which case, he's not moving, shooting, and charging something with rerolls to wound. So you actually win that game by tying those guys up in combat. You want to push for the assault into those guys, even though they're scary in close combat. That includes things like rippers and just hope that he tries to roll back. again. Just try <laughs> to get those guys in there. Shoot the fucking blood angel captains to death. Do not punch them, and if you have the option to try and punch them to death, uh, you might want to, if he has lots of CP and, you, uh, and he can do the swing again when he dies, you might even want to try and just say forget it and fall back and shoot him instead. Yeah. Um, and then the guard, you know, is really not that big of a priority. They're going to be the distraction that you have to deal with uh, in terms of shooting the screen out in front of you. So a lot of what I've already said reigns true. You want to surround your hive guard with gene sealers. You want to set out a line in sight. Um, you're not too worried about the alpha strike of that guard army in that particular case because their guard, their alpha strike is mortars. Yeah. And type parents don't care terribly much about that. Uh, hellhounds, you want to make sure you deploy out a range of those and then you're going to kind of do the exact same thing I just talked about. Charge the custodes. Don't charge the fucking shield captains. And you want to be able to shoot those guys instead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Yeah, uh, custodes—they're—they're they're a beast. Like I, that's a tough matchup for Tyranids because they're just—they're so strong, they're so tough,
2: and they—they they swing back so hard. Yep. So you want to rely on your smites to kill them. Yeah. That's—that's that's the true weakness of custodes. They just cannot handle smites. They just can't. They can't take it. Can't take yep. it. So. So if you you know charge in three carnifexes and that do mortal wounds on a four up into one guy, do it. Yeah. Do a couple <laughs> more wounds. Don't ever forget implant attack. I can't tell you how many times that's killed a guy and a person forgets about it. Implant attack is such a huge stratagem. Yeah, uh, I, keep, I, keep,
0: I keep seeing it in my book. I keep going. I keep forgetting about this, and I got to keep. Yep. I got to find CP to use it. And now that I have more CP to use, thanks GW, I have all these new tools to really take advantage of.
2: Yep. So, um, Death Guard, you want to use your gene steel? That's another uh, what I would call a uh, yeah. Gatekeeper. We're, we're going to see that a lot around here. We yep, see a lot. a lot of that and. You're going to see a lot of plague burst crawlers with trees. Um, you don't really want to trust. You don't want to charge the plague burst crawlers because you're just going to kind of end up eating stuff um, uh, from the Overwatch anyway, and they're just going to back out. So the even if you're just a few inches away from a plague burst crawler with a flyerant, you may not necessarily want to charge unless you can put multiple flyerants into them. Um, the genies again. You almost don't want to charge the Plague Burst Crawlers. Yeah. You don't want to declare them as a charge target. What you want to do is declare something next to the, them. may say may say a squad of Cultists that's maybe a couple inches away. And then after you murder the Scouts or the Cultists or whatever, then you're going to use that overrun stratagem and swing again because they can't overwatch when you pile in. Right. And then you're going to pile in around one or two Plague Burst Crawlers which is going to take a huge amount of meat out of his army. Plague Burst Crawlers are scary they're almost impossible to kill unless you focus them and honestly you're going to have a better time try trying to kill the rest of this army and just tying those things up forever i would literally leave a squad of gene stealers surrounding two plague verse crawlers all game without them doing jack and or shit to them <laughs> if it meant that they weren't shooting at me
0: yeah they're that good yeah yep there was uh i think there was a guy who carried nine of them into the
2: broadside bash yep just no, that's a gross army that's, that's gross a, that's it's disgusting gross army. Yep. yeah We won't see it anymore. It doesn't exist. Just like Seven Flyer. Yep. Yeah. We won't see it
0: anymore. So, well, awesome. I think I've reached my 30 minutes.
2: So. Uh, If you have any other, I mean, I'm happy to answer any other main questions or anything else that's burning on your mind or anything along those. Uh, We kind of talked a little bit about gatekeepers and some general strategies. Remember, uh, the genies I talked about. Um, I gave you some general tips about deep striking and deployment. Again, remember, surround your Hive Guard with the genies, especially if you're worried about a first turn charge. Don't be afraid to use alien cunning to redeploy your Hive Tyrant. And remember that there's going to be redundant threats between your Carnifexes and your Hive Tyrants. So if you're going to deploy your uh, your, uh, Carnifexes and uh, not deploy your Hive Tyrants, just remember that he's going to be able to focus those down and kind of get free shooting against them. So sometimes it's almost worth taking the beating on a flyer to save your carnifex.
0: Right. Right. Um, number of
2: threats you're putting out on the board. Yep. I talked about the close combat threat that the gene stealers have, uh, and the important thing about surrounding stuff. That's really where gene stealers are important is surrounding things and movement tricks less so about murdering stuff. Um, the murdering stuff is a bonus. Yeah. Um, and then do you have any other questions or concerns or anything else that you were hoping to address regarding the army?
0: No, I mean, I think we we touched on the big things because I like to play Tyranids as a close combat assaulting army, and the really the the ch- the tools and tricks and I've been really trying to focus on that is really perfecting the assault and the fight phase. And if I can if I could perfect those things, no one can stop you know what I do really well, and that's why I love you know I sent you that list. I took the broadside, and it was tons of yep. close combat. Um, that's yep. the way I like to play it.
2: Um, but uh, the army has good close combat, but you need to remember it's really important to read through the charge phase and remember certain things like when you charge you can move backwards if you wanted to you just have to have the one guy move in a way where he ends within an inch of the enemy model the rest of the guys can string out in whatever direction they want that's important to know you need to know how piling in and consolidating works you need to know the tricks of like using a vehicle to swing a guy um which and what, what i mean by that is if you have a guy that's next to a vehicle about a little over a little under an inch away, you can literally just like, like literally circle the vehicle and remain just under an inch away and technically move closer, which allows you to engage in all of instead. This is stuff you need to like read thoroughly and practice, and it takes practice. Yeah, but once you pick up on those tricks, your, your game will improve massively when it comes to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good to know. The last thing that I'm going to ask is. Give me a sleeper unit in the Tyranids that no one's playing, but you think could be really good.
2: The Tyranids. I mean, I like the Carnifexes, honestly. I don't think people take them. I'm kind of agree with you that I think Carnifexes are a often maligned unit that actually, in reality, tends to be kind of gold. But I've already talked about them, so let me think about a different one instead. Um, A sleeper hit. That would be really good.
0: Um, I've been thinking about it. I'll throw one out to you. What I've been thinking about is gargoyles. I, I, mean,
2: I do. I was actually literally thinking gargoyles. I really uh,
0: was. I'm considering a world where dark uh, Eldar drukari now stop stratagems, and the mm-hmm. one I'm thinking of is opportunistic advance. If they stop opportunistic advance, gargoyles still move 12 inches. Yep. They can still advance, and if I get onslaught on, them, they can still charge.
2: Yep. I like gargoyles a lot, actually, uh, for the reasons you just mentioned. I also like the fact that they can screen for hive tyrants uh because they can also deep strike. Yeah. That becomes a little less advantageous now that you have stuff like uh, that you have stuff like where you can't deep strike turn one. But you'd be amazed at how well 30 uh, cargoyles can actually tie up an enemy line with fly. Like they do if they can get into the enemy lines, they can actually do what, what gene sealers do without this use of stratagems. Yeah. It's just that they don't have a really super reliable way of getting there. If you were to take them with, like, maybe swarmy, I could see them being really, really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've been building lists around gargoyles. And actually, I just bought 10 more gargoyles today to start
2: painting because I want to test some ideas out. But, yeah. I do like gargoyles. I just feel like there are other units that kind of overshadow them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I think hormigonts are are one of those because they consolidate and they pile in so far. And they really take a are
2: great with with a swarmy list.
0: They really are. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's sort of the one thing I was out there just looking for. Um, and I know you like building the, those gun lines. How do you feel gun lines actually
2: do for Tyranids? I think I think gun lines got better, but I still think that they, uh, in general, are going to have issues against armies like Flyrance. Um, because you just delay the scary stuff that you do a turn later. You still have the gene stealer trick, and I still think that you're going to find ways to adjust. Uh, there are... Not many armies that have gunlines that are scary in turn one. The I mean, it doesn't change anything about Ynari. Yunari always had Reapers. Reapers were always scary, but they didn't. They they got nerfed. Uh, guard were. I mean, they're still just as susceptible to tying up in close combat, and you can still deep strike your flyers. And so the only one that really concerns me, I think, with the meta change might be Tau. And I really there are. I could see Gunline Tau becoming a problem for Tyranids if it were to become more popular. As it is right now, not many players play Tau, and less players play Tau well, but in a, in a, in a vacuum I could see that army doing really well against uh, Tyranids. Yeah, yeah I,
0: saw, I saw their Codex come out and I thought, oh my gosh, this looks like a straight counter to Tyranids, especially yeah. with the Sasea cult or the, the Tau cult.
2: The, not cult, yeah. but... Uh, I, think, I think Tyranids are only gonna get stronger, especially as Gene Stealer cult uh, comes out and you know, make the use of that particular army. Um, I think tiered is still in a really strong place.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's good. It's good. Well, thank you so much for all of your help. No problem. With the list. I hope it was helpful. Coming Feel on. free to, if you have any like nagging questions after the fact, you can always message me or, or email me. I'm happy to answer anything you like. Okay. That's fantastic. All right, man. All right. Well, well thank- good luck with uh, your weekend and the rest of your meetings. Hopefully you don't, you don't have any like secret last ones that make up and uh, good luck on PUBG.
0: Great. Thanks so much, man. Hey, just remember when PUBG, China's number one.
2: Okay. Good okay. <laughs> All right. Good thanks, to man. know. Thanks, bye. All right. Bye.
0: What's up, veteran gamers? Andy here. Today, I'm joined by my wife, Tiffany.
2: hey And
0: we're here today to talk to you about, touch you, to you.
2: You want to touch me. Yeah,
0: I do want to touch you. We're going to talk to you today about Sky High Comics. Everyone knows that Andy likes to shop at Sky High Comics for 40K. But my wife, Tiffany, she likes shopping there, too. What do you shop there for?
2: Um, I go there for comic books, and I also shop there for no. Warhammer products. I get my AOS there.
0: Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You know, Sky High Comics is a veteran-owned and operated business right there in North County, San Diego. You now, Veteran Gamer, we like to support our local gaming stores. We like to support veterans, because, of course, it's the Veteran Gamer. And we like to support cool dudes like Ralph. What do you think about Ralph, baby?
2: Raoul's pretty cool. Raul's a pretty cool guy. He's very knowledgeable about the products that he carries. He carries, oh, Pokemon. I forgot about Pokemon. He carries Pokemon cards and deck boxes and magic, and he's really passionate about the stuff that he has there. And
0: Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So if you're a nerd, if you're a neckbeard, you want to get your game on, you want to get your nerd on, check out Sky High Comics in North County, San Diego. You can check them out online at skyhighcomics.com. Until so then, ladies, back to the show. And we were back That long discussion
1: it was long Yeah I mean that's what she always says though
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So with the list doctor service From uh, the brown magic um, There's a couple different things you can do um, One is just just a list
1: You can go no glove or glove
0: Yeah No glove no love though baby
1: No glove no What? <laughs> <laughs> like, sometimes Andy It makes no sense to me <laughs>
0: So you could do one service where you just hand them a list or they give you a list from scratch and they just built you one. You can also do a personal phone call or you can do both, and I chose to do both. Um, Figuring we were brand new out of the FAQ, I wanted a fresh look, like an outsider's perspective, not from my inner circle of what the Tyranids can bring to the table.
1: Professional. Yeah,
0: yeah, a professional. Yeah, I called on a professional on this one. So called in Matt Root, um, winner of Adepticon. What
1: would you find? these services at we'll give them a little plug even though
0: uh at the brown uh, it's the brown magic uh their website is brownmagic.com brownmagic.com yeah um and they've so go link-
1: into google and type brown magic yeah and go-, go to images
0: go to the google machine i'll provide a link in the show notes is no no, what I'll
1: no, no, do. no no go to go to bing or google type brown magic go to images you'll find it there. <laughs> all right guys It's where you find it It's where you find it and I didn't tell you to do that. That's that's fucking Nick Navadi, and right, that's yeah, not me. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, <laughs> right? there's kids looking up your goddamn shit. <laughs> yeah, Literally, cl-
0: clear your search history. <laughs> <laughs> clear your video history too. I've learned recently.
1: Oh, you're on a Windows, huh? And <laughs> the Apple's you can go on private, and it doesn't record anything. Oh,
0: really? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, perfect. So anyway, <laughs> I sent Matt um, Phone X. Yeah, I sent Matt a list. Well, actually, he just sent me back a list. Like I said, I this is what I do. This is where I play. This is the kind of meta I'm in. I'm kind of in the Southern California San Diego region. I play lots of ITC. I play ITC tournaments. He goes, "Okay, I know that area," and he sent me a list, which, as you heard in the show, involved a lot of Carnifexes, which was kind of surprising to me.
1: I was very surprised about it. when I saw your list because I mean, I saw it. A little bit earlier, so or when you got it, basically, yeah. And uh, I was actually surprised that they were in there. I see why they're in there. The thing that stands up to me most about the list, like you'll go into it real quick, and, yeah. Like, there's three different uh, high fleets,
0: yeah. So here's the list that Matt Roof gave to me, saying he thought this would be pretty good, given my play style and the kind of meta I'm in. Um, it's a Kraken battalion to start. With two flying hive tyrants with wings, uh, two devourers of brain leech worms, and monstrous rending claws, which we talked about during the show and why a monstrous rending claws was superior to monstrous scything talons. It's
1: weird. I've told you that the other one was better. I couldn't explain it.
0: Well, that's the thing is no one was able to break it down and explain it to me. Just like, because I-, I always told you it rerolls the wound and you kept telling me no. I just liked, the, one, I liked the flat three damage, and I liked re-rolling to my hits, because usually I'm attacking things that were less than strength six anyway. If you go against a character, most of them are strength
2: five.
1: Yeah, but when you're re-rolling. Yeah, that's true. Much better. Like you said in there. Like, I don't do math, but I know when I get to re-roll what I <laughs> fell, that's better.
0: <laughs> so, uh, so we had two flying higher traps with the monster's running claws, um, 17 gene stealers, um, and two units of three ripper swarms
1: this four it has acid maws. What the fuck are those? Um,
0: for every four um, gene stealers in your list, you can have one can take either acid maws or um, uh, um, dildos. Dildos, yeah. Actually, they're little dildos that shoot out of your out of your chest. Okay, they're like little pistols that shoot out. Um, acid maws are pretty much they're like rending claws. They just don't require six to do the extra negative AP. There's always negative. Yeah, negative four. Interesting. Yeah, so it's actually pretty good. I mix them in there. And if I'm attacking something, I was like, oh, okay, I got to roll these separate, which I often forget to do. And I'm like, fuck, I forgot to roll them separate. you should but, just re-roll again. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they're, they're pretty good. Um and then there's a Kronos Battalion, which you has... get the two Rippers in there? Yeah, the two three-man Ripper squads. Cool. Yeah, that's the battalion. Was the so, the so just two HQs and three troop choices. Mm-hmm. Then there's a Kronos Battalion with the flying hive tyrant with wings, toxin sacks, devours of brain leech worms, and monstrous running clutches like the other ones. Um, a Neurothrope, which ends up being the warlord, and he explained why the Neurothrope was the warlord to it's avoid. It's I hardest one to go fish out. Yeah.
1: And he's back there with your hive guard and your backfield. Right.
0: Uh, three three-man Ripper squads. Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah. And then six hive guard with impaler cannons, paler guns.
1: Those are the strength eight ones. Yeah. Ignore like negative what?
0: I forget. It's been so long since so I haven't it's played like, hive in this edition. I think it's like d six damage. So the like, more solid shots. Yeah, it's it's heavy 2. It's more solid shots. Ignore line of sight. Yeah, kind of kind of stuff, which is pretty good. I just haven't played. I haven't played hive guard in this edition yet. I don't. They're
1: st- good. I've had them shot at me before.
0: Yeah, I just I. Gunline's not the way I usually like to play, but I have I have Hiveguard. There they are. They're sitting right there, so I can you know I've got them to play with. So, and then there's a Jormungander Spearhead with a Neurothrope, and that here's where the Carnifexes come in.
1: Isn't that J and H, sound?
0: Jormungander. Hormungander. Is it Hormungander?
1: Well, I have Banner Blood, so
0: <laughs> J's automatically <laughs> made H's sounds to me. You gotta pretend like you get the Swedish Chef. No, I just I just
1: see H. But but Alright. Okay, cool. So I know what the I know what the Kraken does. I, I don't like Kraken. You know, it's a fall back and uh
0: Fall back so and attack again. Basically
1: yeah. be normal. Right. Uh well you we can't shoot, but you can fall back and charge, right?
0: If you have fly you can fall back and well, shoot. Yeah. Which obviously. the flying hive tyrants do. The jeansters have no guns. And then so. the
1: Kronos is the psychic one.
0: Right. They also reroll ones in the shooting phase. The shooting phase. It's
1: yeah. only so that's why the hive garter in there, and that's the hive tyrant. Okay. Yeah. And then, what does Hormigander do?
0: Hormigander or Yormigander. Um, They get plus one to their armor as if they were in cover. We're fucking you know,
1: multicultural here, okay?
0: <laughs> okay, now. It's a multicultural podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah. We broke the fucking language barrier last. Last episode. See. See. <laughs> we.
0: Wee oui, wee, oui. <laughs> not in here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, Phil's not here. He'll piss in the corner. would
0: yeah, piss everywhere like a little fucking stupid fat, dog. Fa-
1: fat <laughs> fucking lazy dog is pissing in the corner.
0: The first time I went to his house, like he's just like peeing in the corner of his yard. I'm like, is he not toilet trained? Yeah, like I, I get I'm at like, your house, fuck? but I mean, can we? Can
1: you not use the bathroom? <laughs>
0: What the fuck?
1: I mean, not only that, my daughter's running around. I don't want her to you just
0: stand stay in your pee, in your piss. crawl in your pee, <laughs> pick up your pee, and throw it around. Because <laughs> kids will they will find the pee and throw it around. Yeah, just like the poop. Look at this dirt; it's different colored. Everything else is. Ooh, some warm. Face. Yeah, it's nice. All right, the
1: the Hormagana does what? That's the uh, cover one.
0: Yeah, it? they get they get uh, a extra plus one to their armor as if they were in cover, even if they're out in the open.
1: If they don't
0: advance charge. If they don't advance or charge.
1: So you can still move. You can move. So it's better than the Tau one? Yes. Because fuck you, Tau. Fuck you, Tau. Just had to get it <laughs> in there. Fuck you. <laughs> there you. go. All right. Okay, go ahead. I know you're uh, I just want to.
0: So it's a do. Carnifex uh, with a bone mace, enhanced senses, spore cyst, and two death spitters, two pairs of death spitters with Slimer Maggots. And there is two single man units of those and one three man unit for a total of five Carnifexes with enhanced senses, spore cysts, death spitters, and Slimer Maggots.
1: I don't know what Slime Maggots do.
0: It's just a stronger Death Spitter. Strength 7, negative 1, 1 damage, 24 inch range.
1: 24 inch range. And they move what? You said, and then they move like 7 or 8?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's pretty good.
0: So, you know, and the question I asked about him was, you know, we heard him there. The question was, why why the Death Spitters? I don't, because we've talked about it before about um, damage. Do they hit on threes? In the break. Um, with enhanced senses, they do.
1: You get Enhanced Senses. Okay. Right, so
0: that's it's a head biomorph you put on their head.
1: Okay, so the Enhanced Senses, is, they make some BS3.
0: Yes. sporesis is the minus one to hit. Makes them negative one to hit.
1: And then they're dro- hormogander, so that means... They're, Plus one to their armor. So they're three up regularly, right? Yeah. So they're two up armors, pretty good. Pretty, you don't need an invul for that shit, because they don't have invuls, correct? No invuls. And then the Slayer Magus is a stronger Death Spitter. It's a
0: stronger Death Spitter. Now, stronger and longer Death Spitter.
1: Looking at the list, though, the Neurothrope is the only thing keeping them synapsed?
0: Uh, Carnifexes don't need synapse. Well, the synapse, so for Carnifexes, they're innately innately fearless anyway, because you can't make them run away through their leadership eight. So they won't run away anyway. Um, The only thing you would need them for is if you did not shoot at the closest unit and you weren't within 24 inches of a synapse creature for them, you would be negative one to hit if you shot at the not closest unit.
1: So they don't force again.
0: If you were not shooting at the not closest unit, you weren't in synapse. But you-
1: with the range 24, you're pretty much going to be shooting at the closest. And if links. you've
0: got five Carnifexes out there and you put the Neurothrope somewhere in behind them, you better be able to keep that Neurothrope protected with those guys.
1: It's a fire base. Take up the middle of the board yeah. and you shoot it. Right. Yeah. Cool.
0: So you mean you should be able they're to They're T7, right? I think yeah, I said that. Yeah. T7. Okay. yeah. D7 to it pretty good. So they're, they're tough as balls, you know. It's kind of um,
1: like a wave servant.
0: A little bit. I don't have the. You
1: don't have the damage mitigation, but you always have the minus one hit. If I yeah, and they don't degrade. They don't degrade. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty good.
0: So, you know,
1: how many shots coming from each one? Twelve. Strength seven.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's it's pretty good.
1: Yeah, that's more shots than wave servant. Yeah, not as fast.
0: And does no, no, but you got. You know, if you just take the you know if you took the rest of the list out and you just looked at it and go okay well yeah they shoot pretty good but you would do this this and this but with three flying hive tyrants and a unit of gene stealers up in your grill you know you're probably not doing what those current effects is right away
1: so be- now so now looking over this list like actually in my in front of my face uh if you put all the stuff if your opponent puts things on the second floor of ruins, you won't be able to get to them. If once they kill the jinx Sealers.
0: not in assault, not in close combat, no. But
1: see, that's where the shooting comes in.
0: Oh flying hive tyrant's could, because they fly, and you can just call a wobbly model.
1: Uh, no, sir, you can't put a model up there.
0: We're not doing the wobbly model thing.
1: <laughs> at, at the art store, you can, but like, like I said, I listen to a lot of podcasts and. I hear some people say that, no, you can't. I hear some people say that Monsters Creatures wouldn't be able to wobble the model because they can get so little of the base on there. It's a lot of weird shit. Just because that one FAQ, but it's really weird.
0: Yeah, I think that FAQ, it's by itself is going to need an FAQ. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the,
1: the fuck is going to definitely need a FAQ.
0: That that one rule alone, I think we talked about it during the Holy FAQ episode, was probably the most controversial because people were saying, oh, hey, look, I'm on a, I'm on a cardboard box. You can't help me. Yeah, but see, it wasn't pertaining
1: to a cardboard box, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, but it was pertaining to a very... Specific some people said ruin. very specific kind of ruin, or very specific kind of terrain. I
1: don't, well, the people that are reading it are reading it very like precisely, so you have to precisely read that it's that specific ruin.
0: Right. But, you know, I've heard other podcasts say, well, Wobbly Model Syndrome takes care of all of that, and as long as there is a cunt hair of space to fit a model on...
1: Well, from... Sources that I know, it's going to be wobbly model for the most part.
0: That just makes sense. Like unless if you could fill, I couldn't imagine given any piece of terrain that I've seen out there.
1: I mean, the only way to really block a whole terrain is use wobbly model to block a whole piece of terrain. Yeah, you and have, the ruin has to be pretty damn small.
0: But yeah, you'd have to have a very exceptionally flat second level ruin. Right, that had no wall on it.
1: No, you know sometimes how they have three levels, right? And that three right. level is like
0: two squares. Yeah.
1: Like, I can say you could possibly block the whole thing, but you would have to use wobbly model because you would put your whole unit wobbly model up there. Right.
0: You'd have to cover even the lip of that window Yeah, over the ledge. So what i was saying is, the only way to make that completely work and not be wobbly model, you have to cover the entire, like it has to be a flat piece of terrain. Well, it
1: you just have to block the whole outside of it, and if yeah. it's only two squares, it'd be pretty easy. But, I mean, that's the last episode, and I'm pretty sure it'll get dealt with. And, I mean, you should be—if you're—if I was a Tyrion player, right, um, I would ask Wobbly about this before, because I would yeah. want to know if my Tyrion is going to be able to charge shit on—like your high, Flying Hive high Tyrants. Right. Will be— uh, Charging shit.
0: Am I shooting stuff on the second level and just charging stuff on the bottom? Oh, and floor, I didn't or? say
1: I didn't bring this up in the whole in the holy fuck uh, episode, but uh, so hive tyrants with wings went up twenty points.
0: Just the yeah, with the wings, yeah,
1: yeah. But in the book it says, uh, tyrants with wings or fl- It says like flying. It says something about with wings, right? Right. Or it it just says wings or. It doesn't say. It just says it's a whole like. It's not the option. It's just hive tyrant with wings.
0: Right, because if you look in the options, there's hive tyrants and there's hive tyrants with wings.
1: In the actual codex, yeah, yeah. You sure? Yeah. Because I don't think so. Because no? it's an upgrade. So I mean, obviously, if your opponent is doing this, you punch him in the dick. <laughs> but it's it is funny. <laughs> Because in the FAQ it says you know uh, hive tyrant with wings is you know twenty more points, but in the actual uh, codex there's no such thing as a flying hive tyrant.
0: It's not flying hive. It's, it's, it's called it's called a, hive tyrant with it's wings. It's a hive tyrant. Well, no, it's, called, it's just a hive tyrant. But it's actually there, I may be thinking index here, but I'm pretty sure I'm thinking codex because it says hive tyrant with wings. It's not an upgrade. It's just it's a different. It's not. It's almost like a novel It's almost like a data slate with it being a data slate. So they list it as hive tyrant with wings.
1: Yeah, but in the back of the book, is right? The, is there a selection for those points? Hive
0: Tyrant with Wings. One, it was 170 before, now it's 190. Hold on, hold on. Now. Where's your codex? Okay, pause. Then you have that. So we consulted the codex. I'm not editing shit out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's a Hive Tyrant with Wings. Uh, Was 170, now it's 190. Cool. But it's weird, it doesn't have its own, like it's given almost its own data slate in the back of the book. But it's not. It doesn't have a data slate.
1: No, so that's what the people were talking about. I thought it was funny.
0: So it's just the data slate, just Hive Tyrant. <laughs> yeah. You can take it with wings, but it, it, it almost changes. It almost becomes like a separate. If I wanted to be a really big dick, and I probably could. <laughs> if you just wanted well, to take. Well, you can't because it's in the back. Already. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: uh, it's just. So how do you know your actual movements? Oh, that it, so it's, it's in. A, it's built into it. Okay. Yeah, it's
0: built into. as a double slot in the in the thing. So if you just a regular hive tyrant, it's a nine inch movement, but with wings, it's a sixteen inch movement. And it, it refers to it here. Like check the the thing on it. Okay. So yeah, the the hive tyrant with wings went up twenty points. So anyone who was out there saying, "Oh, you can't do this," they're a fucking moron. This is mine.
1: No, I've I've been walking around. Oh, okay, cool. Never put it down. <laughs>
0: My herpes is just acting up a little bit, so we're just careful, you know? Right. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, that answers that question. Cool. So if you're out there saying, Oh, well, I could do this thing with the higher tyrant with wings, like you're an idiot. Okay, just go look open up the codex.
1: I mean, if you already talk like that, you're an idiot. Oh,
0: yeah, I do a lot of talking like this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're already getting made fun of already. Yeah. So you just make their life worse.
0: Yeah, I yeah. So the The Hive Tyrants with wings, of course, with the monstrous running claws. It's not the first place I've been told monstrous running claws were better. Of course, Ray, I'm going to admit it, Ray said that the running claws were better. He just couldn't explain why. Uh, I talked about it in the show that I, I under- like flat three damage, and I liked re-rolling my ones.
1: No, I didn't know about the the different damages, but I knew that one re-rolled. And I was yeah. That it re-
0: one re-rolls wounds, and one re-rolls hits. And I
1: also didn't know it was free.
0: It is free, I yeah. I
1: definitely said you re the a wound for free? Yeah. You just have Doom for free? That's awesome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, you know, I put Toxin Sacks on mine, so on sixes, my Monstrous Scything Talents had four damage, like a flat four damage, which I really, really liked. But I'm going to give the monsters running claws a go. Everyone says they're better. I'm going to stop trying yeah, to do my own have, thing.
1: If you have three different uh, Hive Tyrants in that- It's, it's 45 saved, points. Yeah, yeah. saving. That's 45 a points.
0: points, yeah. Because Monstrous Scything Talents is 15 points. I mean,
1: I would be able to buy a Spirit Seer, but I mean, you could buy, like, I don't know, some more sealers
0: yeah. Well, partner, not in this list, but I mean, like, in your other list. I could get another thing of, if I wanted another unit of, I, I could get a hive guard in there for, I think, for 45. I think they're 47, but I, I could find points for extra things in there, which I've been, you know, list building off of it. Um, the Kronos Battalion. Um, he talked about the Kronos Battalion. We talked about the Carnifexes. Now, he talked about the Kronos Battalion because, um, for one, the stratagem.
1: Now, a quick question back on the Carnifexes. Yeah. There, when they get deployed, that three man unit they act as normal like individuals right
0: yeah so you deploy all three at the same time and i'll bring it up it says like within six inches and then what after deployment they act as individual units cool
1: is because the only squadron unit that i have in the in the elves is the vibers uh-huh. and they stay they stay a unit
0: they stay a unit yeah. right
1: because once you once you're at A unit of three or more, you actually move faster.
0: Yeah, yeah. Somehow. Yeah, so these, as long as you place one model from the brood within six inches of another model from the brood, that's how you deploy them. And then after that, they're individuals. So you could really spread them out on the board. And
1: they're going to be close anyways, because, I mean, they got to be close for the neural throw. dude. Uh,
0: Just with, once again, you don't need synapse; you just need to be within 24 inches.
1: Which is huge.
0: That's a huge radius to be around. (laughs) So you could really spread them out across a big swath of the board and say, here's my gun line. In the middle of the board, you move them one time, eight inches or seven inches. You move them one time, seven inches, and they stand there because I could hit a lot of things. If I, you know, deploy on the line, move seven inches, that's most of the board I could hit with something.
1: Yeah. And in the, when you were talking to Matt, Matt Root, uh, uh, actually, you know, his name is Matt Rutt. Is it Rutt? Yeah. I heard him on other podcasts. So that's how he, he just goes with it when people call it root, but
0: isn't he Canadian? I don't know. Okay. I don't fucking know. (laughs) This is a multicultural podcast,
1: (laughs) (laughs) right? Yeah. We got Canadians on. He's Canadian just to make this multicultural. Okay. Yeah. Canadians, are as multicultural as we get here. See, see, (laughs) but he was saying that like, if, you know, he likes to shooting carnifexes, which after you told me what, you know, what they, their stats are, that's, that's really good. Um, but, do you think you would change any of them to close combat guys, or would you save points that way? Does it change points? Does it do anything? They're
0: pretty close in points. The way I like to point out, the way I was pointing out a current effects before was I was doing them with a set of monster scything talons, and then um, a two devourers of brain leech worms. So that would be twelve shots, strength six, no negative one damage, and I was putting them in kraken so I could advance the extra three. Um, I wasn't putting enhanced senses on them. I was putting tusks on them for the extra close combat damage. So with a tusk, you get plus one to your assault or plus one attacks when you assault. Um, Then I had four attacks, the mantra scything town. So that was five. And then I added a bone mace, which was six. So there were six attacks. Um, So they were pretty, they're putting out a ton of damage. Uh, And I brought the, the devourers just for, you know, shooting somewhere in the middle Hmm. because I played some games. I think I played one against you and I played one against Phil where they would move for two turns and shoot for two turns because it takes them so long to get across. Mm -hmm. And then turn three, there was just this monster now in close combat. So they were effective in every turn because for one, they were tough as balls to kill and they don't degrade. And then when they got there, they were murdering things in close combat.
1: Now, obviously, I'm not saying I'm I'm better than Matt Root. Obviously. You can say that if you want to. He's way, way better. But... I don't know. I think since you like being a close combat guy, like maybe having one of them, or if not the two single ones as the close combat guys and have the other three like shooting with them. And then like your opponent is going to have to decide, okay, do I shoot at these high- flying hive tyrants? Um, I could like, if I'm looking at this, I got to deal with the hive tyrants, right? I got to deal with the carnifexes depending on what they're shooting at. Um, but those close combat ones, if there was two in there, I'd be like, okay, these are on the bottom of my priority. Mm-hmm. And then you're getting those turns to run. Like, you don't even have to run. You can just move seven and then move seven. Always have that two-up save. Right. And if I do shoot at you, um, you're a fucking two-up save. Right. And if I don't have, I need negative four to get you to a six-up save, but you still have a save. Right. Like, two-up save in eighth edition so fucking good. Yeah. Like, so good. Like, when I tell you about one year your you were talking about you wanted a show landing pad. And I was like... If a shit already has two up save, yeah, you're kind of wasting points. Yeah, because it's very there's not an abundance of negative four. I mean, I know some lists do have a lot of negative four, but then if they have a lot of negative four, that means they're not shooting a lot. Right,
0: they're
1: relying on the, that damage. So now my
0: swarms get across the board. So they're focusing yeah. on big things. My swarms get their great negative four. I kill yeah. one. Fantastic. And the
1: stuff that he was, he was uh, Matt Matt Rut was uh, telling you about about the gene stealers and the whole like, you kill something then you opt. Other, whatever advance, opportunistic advance. So there's
0: the opportunistic advance, which allows me to double my advance roll. All
1: right, sorry. The one that you kill, overrun. And then you don't have nobody within three inches. You can move as if it's your movement phase.
0: Yeah, overrun. If there is not, so if you complete the fight phase, um, if a Tyranids unit from your army destroys a unit in the fight phase and is not within three inches of an enemy unit, instead of consolidating, that unit can move and advance as if we their movement phase. It cannot move within one inch of an enemy model.
1: Yeah, so you do that and then you use that other stratagem like you were saying. That That is so good.
0: Well what you think is you don't have to use the stratagem again because part of the FAQ says you can't move more, you can't advance more than once. Mm-hmm. So whatever I advanced before...
1: Yeah, but I'm not saying that. Like that, that part's fine. I get it. Yeah. You're gonna double whatever you advanced before. Got it. But then you would do that attack again one, and it's super heavy. It's like three. It's plus three two. command points. Right. It's five command points total to do this. Right. But like that is so good. You right. Get it, all the way in the back. You can touch board to board basically.
0: If I got six on the opportunistic advance, it means I've moved twenty. If I assault, I can maximize assault. Of I can make twelve inches out. Right, so that's thirty-two inches. Realistically, you'll get right. like seven or seven. right. But let's let's say I do yeah, average. Yeah, no. yeah, but then I do a twenty-inch move again. Yeah, that's so good. So, but the part I was missing about it was you. You know, when you fight again, it was, the, it was the confusion of the different parts. The assault phase itself has four phases within it.
1: Yeah, it's not the. It's not really the assault phase anymore.
0: It's a whole different it's thing. It's a Combat phase. It's a combat phase. Yeah. So the. The fight, the, the combat phase has four different phases within it. You have the charge, the 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 pile in,
1: the actual assault,
0: the pile in, the assault, the the pile in, in. the attack, fight phase, and then the The, consolidate phase. So it's actually five different phases within the one phase. And so the part that I was getting wrong was when you couldn't attack again, right? Mm -hmm. I took that to mean as I couldn't then pile in and do something because if you piled in same. So
1: it's, a, it's, a, it's it's using the same, basically, rules as when you make your charge, right? You charge said unit that's seven inches away. You roll an eight inch, so you make one guy within an inch of that one that you charged, and then the other guys move eight inches, but they, like, pass the unit a little bit. Yeah. And say there's some random-ass other unit, you have to stay outside of an inch of them, but you make sure that that unit's closer to mm-hmm. to that model. So when you do your pile-in, you have to go towards that... Model, anyways, right? Or you're equal distance, then you get to pick, right? And then you touch that unit. Yeah, you can't do no attacks to it, but the uh, you're you, they get to attack back, but you're locked in combat. Technically, as long as that model's there at the end, right? And depending on who it was, like a vehicle uh, that doesn't fly or an infantry unit that doesn't fly and don't have special rules, like they you basically shut them down for the next turn, right? And that's what that's what uh, Matt Ru- Matt Rutt was talking about about. Doing that stupid crazy move and then doing it again just to touch shit. Right. It doesn't even matter. You just want to put your dick on shit, just fucking let it be all slimy on there. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, you do that to guard, you literally shut them down as long as it's not like a a super heavy.
0: When I was sitting there on the phone conversation, I had this revelation of all these games that I've played where, oh my God, (laughs) all the things I could, all the shenanigans I could have played on my opponent just in the first turn. Because there's there's been plenty of times where I've moved twenty with gene stealers, like a crazy amount of times I've done it with the opportunistic advance, where I've moved twenty. Oh great, I'm going to assault now. I assault and I'm outside of three The game we played where I used that skill, had I found another juicy target out there somewhere and then piled into it.
1: Well, you could have done it and then touched the spears and they wouldn't be able to. Sh- well, I would have had to spend command points to do it, but yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, but I would have kept them from shooting. Uh, no, they fly. But they fly. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah.
1: what I'm saying. Like. Against Eldar, doesn't really work like he was using Dark Reapers. That, As an what, example, That's right. what you want. That's like the best thing to get. Yes, there's still a way for them to shoot if they can fall back.
0: Right. Um, but if you can surround them and that's where then, that second maneuver comes in. Yeah. If you're on, a let's say, a Dawn of War board, right? I move 20 inches. I assault. I kill the fuck out of whatever, duh fuck, out of whatever is in front of me. And those Dark Reapers just happen to be 12 inches in that back corner now. That's as far as ways they're going to be at this point.
1: Just, I just want to put out there too that elder have ways of getting out of combat without falling back too. Okay, just, but I'm
0: just saying, but it's, but that's the target you would pick.
1: But yeah, but I mean, like against guard or other, like even space marines, like they yeah. can't like big bases are really Aggressors. hard to Like, there's not a lot of things. Like some armies have a lot of stuff that I can fall, like towel, like pretty much the whole fucking army can fucking fly fall back and shoot. Yeah. And like almost everything, but like the fire warriors, right, right. And like some armies, it doesn't really work, but. The armies that it does work against who it's so fucking good.
0: And that's where you go to pick your target. That's that's what he's talking about. The target priority in the assault phase. Mm -hmm. Like there's that ranger unit that's out there. Or those scouts. Okay, go kill them. Right? Because you know you're going to do your double move. Or just go ahead and surround them turn one and not kill them. And
1: shit like that. Those little uh, tactics to do little shit like that. And yeah, you know, this is Tyranids and they're super fast and they're really good at doing this. But other armies can do it too. Like how he also said in, in the interview is that you could charge the other way like yeah. i like i've said like i've charged people to get objectives right like yeah you're over there so that guy's over there and my other fucking i'm going to string out so i touch his objective now i hold more than you like, right little shit like that and that's why i still say like yeah the faq really sucked <laughs> for like uh close combat armies but Close combat is really 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 good. Right. It's such free form that you can do in there. There it, is so much stuff you can fuck over your opponent. Yeah, especially when you can come in 9 inches and then fucking move and then charge everything. <laughs> right. If you do that to Gar like okay, you might as well just shake hands now cuz you're not going to be able to do anything.
0: There's so many times I did it against Phyllis like I got turn one and he put his little his infantry squads like right in the in the first Right there on the line. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I'll screen off with all these infantry units. And I just go, wow, thanks. Yeah. Sweet. And if you play that ITC mission we you have the four objective to hold all four, if I went first...
1: Yeah, you hold all four.
0: I hold all four <laughs> from turn one for the eternity of the game now. Because there's no, he's not getting out of his corner.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's and that's what the FAQ's stopping.
0: Like, Well, it stops it for the deep strike.
1: It stops it for the deep strike, yeah. Well, Phil also doesn't play like enough anyway so he's right deploying stupid yeah and there, there's that so the faq stopped the shit for fucking the deep strike stuff like basically my units where they come down and they jump over your shit and touch all the shit that you don't want them to touch
0: yeah it, it was it took on things like the the bloodletter bomb uh it took on um the, cool the zangors the, not
1: the clothes cool, the um the flying chaos guys, the raptors, or whatever right, those are um,
0: called uh, talents, dark talents, or yeah,
1: yeah. But I mean, all the stuff they said, like, I was listening, I was trying to tell you, like, that's kind of what you do with the gene stealers. They don't really kill, they kill in your opponent's turn, right? But obviously, I'm not, I never said, I never claimed to be a good teacher. <laughs> I know how things work, but that's it.
0: With the way he was, the way he explained it to me. It, it took, He's
1: also a doctor or yeah. training to be a doctor, so I think yeah. he has an actual brain unlike yeah. me. So he probably teaches people too.
0: So it was you gave me. lots of people have given me this these pieces of knowledge. It just wasn't explained to me in a way that like. I could understand it and absorb it and then put it on the table. And then once he explained it to me, and this is the, I'm going to give some massive credit to him and Nick not because I heard him talk on another podcast about some of the stuff too, is that they have a way of explaining these things to you where you instantly understand it and can absorb it and then go out and practice it on the field. Right. Where people were providing this, these little tidbits of knowledge, but they just, they weren't, I wasn't, I just wasn't absor- absorbing it, right? Just was, I wasn't able to, I heard it, I understood it kinda, and then I went out there and I just fucked it up,
1: right? <laughs> and I mean, like, you don't even have to play a game to practice this stuff. Right. You know, put some models out there, proxy some shit, and then fucking, I actually did that, I did just that. just fucking like, you know, okay, this would die, and then, you know, kind of mock up what would actually happen, so you can actually visually see, because I'm a visual learner myself, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what dumb people
0: are, we're visual learners. Right, right. So like- Big boobs and the fat asses of learning. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's that's why I like big moves and fat ass. <laughs> um, you see it, and then, it like, for me, it gets implanted in my head, and then I can do it from there on. Especially, like, when I play, like, because I've been practicing uh, James Carmona a lot, you know, Frankie and stuff, is that, like, they do certain things to me, and I'm like, oh, huh, that was really fucking good. But then it won't happen to me again. Right. Because, like, I see it. I can now see it forming. But that that's why I say. Like, some people may, may need to see it, so just fucking proxy some shit. Put some shit out there. Put some bases. I mean, everything has some type of base. Right. Or a fucking imprint, so then just practice it. I mean, like that. it really does help me when I yeah. see shit happen.
0: You know, when I, we played the Gamer's Haven RT at the brewery, at the 3 Brewery, I got cultist bombed twice, like in a devastating fashion. And I didn't learn after Hayden, but after the second game we sat down and talked about, it, I was like, okay, I'm prepared for when we're going to Bratsom, I'm going to see a cultist bomb. Like I know I'm gonna see it. I better be prepared for it, right? Mm-hmm. So I play Nick Hill game one he's got a forty man cultist unit. So I deployed like real freaking carefully, <laughs> real cagey, and ended up getting first turn. Like, fuck <laughs> this is not what I wanted.
1: Well if you were Eldar, you could spend two command points and then you redeploy three units.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just say it. In your fucking fairy dust. It's all triggering. But you know, like I I wasn't gonna let that happen again, right? So now I'm taking, learning what I learned the last thing, learning what I've learned here. I don't have the models for this list yet. Carnifexes are hard to come by right now. They're sold out online. and Now they're on eBay. A web. EBay?
1: EBay, you
0: can get, eBay. Yeah, I can check. I, I, I looked at eBay. I could get them. I just got to wait for check a Check pop, pop. I did. He didn't have any? He's got a bunch of old one eyes, but he didn't tell me which version.
1: You don't have the heads around here?
0: Well, there's the old. So there's an old, old one eye who stands on two feet it's like a metal version he's got two feet and he's got like his, his claws out there's an old there's an old old one eye <laughs> the old old one eye double old. double old one eye yeah double old one eye <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you did that
0: yeah I saw yeah <laughs> and then there is the one old one eye with just a card effects with a different head so I asked is it the old old one eye that stands on two feet or is it just the old one eye with a different head biomorph and I haven't heard back yet What the fuck, Pablo? Get on it. I'm trying to give you my money. I know. Fuck. Come on. So if if it was the old one, I've got enough bits here. Or if it's the new one, I've got enough bits. He's probably too
1: busy commissioning stuff so he can enter in the hobby track.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So he can compete. (laughs) Compete in the hobby track. (laughs) Don't don't get me started. Don't fucking get me started.
1: (laughs) Hey, man. They paid money. It's theirs.
0: I understand you pay. Fuck it. I'm talking about this shit. Okay. So...
1: See, you just got to poke the bear enough. Yeah.
0: It happens. ITC is doing the hobby track where you can get points. That's and, great. I got points. And compete in the hobby track for really ITC. Good. Yeah, you're doing fantastic. Thanks, Heather. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, for those of us who paint our models, it, 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 it's kind of a little bit of a bummer and a letdown, right? Because I know I'm not going to win Best Painted Ever, but I put a shit ton of effort into my models. I don't. I know you put no effort, minimal effort. You make some things. Some things. Some things. But they look good. Yeah, I'm sure they do. But I put a lot of effort. And then okay, I'm gonna talk some shit about an individual show here. <laughs> on uh on Pablo's show, um uh, chapter tactics, he said he was going to quote unquote compete in the hobby track by paying somebody else to paint his models.
1: But he did. He, he, he's entering by paying money. Okay,
0: you you can you can. He said enter. he's going to make a plaque. But the part about competing. Okay, let's say, fuck all this shit. Fuck the list doctor shit. Matt Root, I'm going to pay you to now play my Tyranid Army at LVO. And then when you win all the games and you win the LVO, instead of you walking up and getting the trophy, I'm going to now walk up and go, I fucking won! I fucking won! I competed at the LVO! When That's all awesome. I did was go to strip clubs and get drunk the whole time. For one, I'm winning already, right? But two.
1: I was going to say, well, we're already at strip clubs. <laughs> I mean, Why did you come back?
0: That's th- that's the equivalent. I pay someone else to go play my army, win all the games, and I go up and get the trophy and say I won.
1: It's not the same thing as
0: paying someone to go play your army? same thing. It's the exact same thing. Now, I understand that there's no way to adjudicate this. I get that. Right, there's yeah, no way. There's
1: little lying assholes out there.
0: Right, they're all a bunch of lying assholes. Like,
1: I, like take for instance, Brasset Bash, Right, like there was the the circle where it's like yes or no if you painted it. Right, I circled both because I legitimately painted some. You models You painted
0: some and didn't paint the others.
1: The other ones I didn't paint. You could clearly see which ones right. if you had a brain.
0: Right. <laughs> I fully get that, right? There's no way to adjudicate that, right? So if you're going to allow people, I, I enjoy the idea that people are going to bring fully painted armies to competitions. I don't want to play against gray plastic. I get that. I enjoy that that's not going to happen. But for someone to go out there and say, I am now competing, right? In this whole bullshit about the low rider thing. This isn't low rider. Hey, Holmes. I know you're a cholo. There's some, there's some cholo somewhere in me. It's not. It's deep inside, like way deep in there. Maybe in your hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's in my vanilla macchiato. <laughs> yeah. It's in there somewhere. I promise you. But anyway, but to say you're competing and then you go out and pay someone else to, do it. and he says, "Oh, I'll, I'll paint a shitty model so you can see how stupid my thing is." That was like even a bigger kick in the nuts for those of us who actually enjoy it. And, and I, it, I know. No, I he know. Does,
1: but he is giving the person credit by making a plaque, though.
0: Okay, so if I stood up at the LVO with my arm around Matt Root, saying "Hey, I won! <laughs> I won!" like that—that is the equivalent to say I competed in hobby track and then go out and win the ITC. But isn't
1: but isn't that what sponsors do? They pay somebody to wear all their shit and they go and compete and they win and they say they win because of their products. No. Well, they're fucking. That's why they're sponsoring when, them, so when, people
0: see them. When a NASCAR driver wins a race, the 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 sponsor's not up there saying, holding up the trophy, saying we won. The driver's there saying we won. That's covered in nothing but sponsorship. Right? They, they're just because they want their name out there. Right? I like I said, but I'm it's cool with people it's
1: g- to give the illusion that they won because they are using those items.
0: No, it's not. That's not the illusion at all. The illusion is this. Now, my my parent my. Stepfather, I guess, some guy who married my mom, some guy who's duping my mom right now. Jeff, yeah, no, <laughs> that's gross. <laughs> no offense, Jeff, but that's gross. But no, like my 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 mom and my stepdad are like NASCAR people, right? And they will shop at the stores that sponsor the drivers because they see it all the time, right? It's subconscious, right? Oh, I see Lowe's, so I'm going to go to Lowe's, or I'm going to see the Home Depot thing, I go to Home Depot, right? They just want their name out there. It's it's advertising. All they're doing is advertising. Just doing it on a grand stage, but it's not. This, but the the CEO of Home Depot doesn't go up to the stage and say we won NASCAR. They don't do that. And they say thanks to the NASCAR Sprint Coca Cola car, we did a good job. But, but you it's didn't not
1: sound hick enough.
0: Well, I'm trying. I've crying. heard I've heard hey, them talk before. Guy from Texas from the eight three zero number, call us and give us the hick. I just won a NASCAR race. Yeah,
1: <laughs> this shit would be perfect.
0: <laughs> but for someone to say, and I know I'm picking on Pablo right now, but for someone to say, I'm competing in hobby track, and then knowingly go out there and pay someone else, you're not competing, you're just paying, right? And I paint the equivalent of, I pay someone to go play my army for me and win a tournament, and then I take victory. No, But I get it. There's, so, no, there's no way to adjudicate it, right? I get that. I, I fully understand that.
1: You're using a big word, adjudicate?
0: Ju- to judge. Prove? To judge, to understand.
1: Okay, that, but say like... Like, I get, I get my sub-commission, right? We all know right. here at the podcast. I, I but, have no problem with that. But, I, but I'm saying, like, I get my sub-commission, but I don't give a shit. Like, I was playing when, when I was saying, like, oh, I'm competing in it, too. Like, I don't even... If I have points, I don't know why. Like, Right. I don't
0: Well, you, I don't, you don't care I about best-painted. But
1: I do want my stuff to look good. Right. And now that I do pay somebody to pay my stuff, I want other people's shit to look good, too.
0: Right. As I said, I like that I'm going to see fully-painted models. I like that there's there's the, the commission painting has become even bigger i feel in the last like two or three years like it's, it's commission painters everywhere it's everywhere now and i i, I like i like playing against cool looking armies that's part of the the fun for me part of the fun for me is also showing off the work that i've done so when we went to socal for instance but
1: all you guys that fucking paint your own shit you all smug and shit you always like oh your shit's so cool Did you guys paint that And i'm like no and then like you just stop talking about it well you're like you're like fuck you then <laughs> Yeah. You fucking yeah. bitch. Yeah. yeah. Fuck you, bitch. Yeah. That's that's it's like it's like all right. Mother's that's why I have here.
0: Tyler on the show. Take
1: this loss, <laughs> bitch, with your fucking goose egg. Here, get out of here. Go back to the bottom tables where
0: you belong. I'll go down to the kiddie pool with my nice painted models. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But you know, for a hobby person, for instance, I want to talk to the person and say, "Was oh, like, I played another tiered player at Broadside and these really cool painted models with the um the color changing um paint on them.
1: The green, the green one. Yeah. 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 You remember yeah. his name? For his um, name. I know him too. I, like not. It's
0: like only, a lot, yeah. But
1: I, I've seen him. Ken. Before. There you go. Ken.
0: Ken. Yeah. Really cool looking. Like how's Barbie? Yeah. How is Barbie?
1: I mean, that must be amazing.
0: Fantastic. I mean, her boobs are way too big for that body frame.
1: No, there's no such thing as too big for the body frame.
0: <laughs> Ever. Well, she has no butt. That's what I'm saying. Is there's no there's well, no. Well, she's anchor. white. There's no anchor. If you would have
1: got if you would have got like Mexican Barbie, I'm pretty sure she's Heidi like, and
0: Tiffany are white. They both got big butts. Yeah,
1: but Heidi's like German. <laughs> That's why it's not white. She's, That's why it's big boobs and fat ass.
0: <laughs>
1: and she's from Wisconsin. The so. pale
0: elf is from Wisconsin. The, the, the cheese goes to those two to, locations. To the boobs and the badunkadunk.
1: Exactly. It's
0: great. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's great. But anyway, I got to talk to him about why he painted it. So if I ask you, like, oh, did you paint that? You would say, yes. I'd say, oh, cool. Now, to ask a follow up question like, what did you do? What colors did you use? Right? But if you say, oh, I paid someone to do it, there's no follow up question to ask except, who painted your models for you? Yes, he has a follow up. <laughs> Only because I'm a show host, I know how to ask questions. I'm. But, but if I'm some neckbeard on the other side I'm of the table. I'm on a show
1: too, and I don't know how to ask questions.
0: But if I'm some neckbeard on the other side of the table and I say, oh, did you paint your own models? You know, oh, okay yeah see like when i because i
1: do see some cool arms and i go oh shit did you paint that like i even i asked of course you asked yeah a, and they go like no sometimes like, oh cool fucking who who was like i actually asked like what what studios like where's go like I've, I've heard frontline right and like other random ones i have no fucking idea who they are but like right. all right
0: cool there's one in poland and there's, there's a shit ton like, right
1: literally a shit ton right even uh bam he has a, a commission in his store too
0: oh does they i'm
1: pretty sure or is he's in asylum or whatever
0: bam Um, what store are you at man yeah call us and let us know what store you're at
1: always fucking forget yeah stop being a little bitch and call in too bam (laughs) fuck
0: but i i I understand there's no way to to say people are lying or not lying i get that right and i get that people want cool looking models on table and that's in in the end what it's about but don't tell me you're competing and you're not competing I think maybe,
1: can, can, maybe there should be a different like bracket.
0: There, but the thing is, there's no way to tell because so some guy would just go, "Oh, I just I painted my own stuff," even though he didn't. And they, yeah, even, they see, even talked about it on the front line, saying, "Hey, don't tell people. Can I just like not tell people you guys painted it?" Because there was kind of a stigma about it, like four or five years ago. Yeah. Now, not so much. But
1: I get that. But we're in the age of social media and fucking everything so instant, and instantly posted, and fucking everybody like thousands of people see shit. Sure. If if you're doing a tournament and like i i a small time r t t u t o here right right and if i'm gonna try to understand this Toby track shit, I don't care about it but I'll try to understand people it. are gonna ask
0: to, to about yeah. it though
1: so i'm i'm gonna try to understand it and like if we have a winner or whatever or however it works or whoever gets the best points, i'm gonna take pictures and i'm gonna post it.
0: Right. Of course you are, because you want These, people to see that at the gamers arsenal we had this really cool RT. Some guy won best pin, and here are the cool models you can yeah. see if you show up to gamers so arsenal.
1: Now it's out there in social media. Social media social social media land.
0: social where, social media.
1: Social media land. So now it goes out in the crybaby universe, right? <laughs> and then the <coughs> painter, the painter of said model sees it, knows the person that because i'm pretty sure they have a recollection of, of some people because when you have people like fucking nick hill sending fucking a recollection a, yeah
0: and then what i said a recollection
1: yeah same shit it's
0: not rectum licking it's a recollection
1: you <laughs> should try it right
0: just saying hey i have been ears deep in some butt okay <laughs> it's okay to go ask the mouth sometimes
1: <laughs> like if you would post that right and then the the painter actually sees it and it shows like this printed one best whatever and then like they actually like claimed it like I guarantee the painter like no actually I painted that and then it'll make a whole damn thing that person loses credibility and then when they go up like people are gonna know it's like forty k community community is really tight actually
0: like, it's it's a really small universe it's
1: a small like if if like this is all I do now like I don't I. Have my family. I have work, and then I do this. this right. Is my this is my stuff. So my Facebook is nothing but offensive, fucking, like politics shit and fucking some 40K some, de- shit. some
0: deplorable shit. And yeah, then forty k deplorable shit and forty k shit. shit
1: and then boobs and ass. <laughs> boobs. All right, that's isn't all that's your, on there.
0: Isn't that your Instagram account? Is boobs and ass?
1: Instagram is that literally that's it, and like maybe like one friend that I know like actually <laughs> <laughs> in person, but like. It's such a small community that per- it's the same thing like when somebody cheats, right? Has loaded dice. Somebody used
0: cheater dice, it follows them for forever.
1: Forever. Or they got caught cheating and they got banned from stores. It follows them for a very long time.
0: Because they were double measuring or over measuring or...
1: Whatever they do. Yeah. Whatever they got caught doing, kicked out, banned, attitudes, whatever, like... It stays with them. And then you go to a tournament that's halfway across the world and like, oh, you're...
0: You're okay. that shithead. Yeah, and the <laughs>
1: TO is going to be hovering over that table, guaranteed. And it's in the same thing. Like, oh, you're that one guy that said you painted this, but the painter said he painted. So I'm just going to dock you points already.
0: I'm I'm not I'm, I'm making sure you don't win best painter today.
1: Yeah. I'm like, at first it's going to suck because people will be getting like, you know, awarded for it. But I think in the end it will work out as long as all TOs are actually posting shit. Social media is super powerful. I mean, fucking crybabies. Right.
0: You're not going to get away with anything everywhere. here. You're not going to get away with anything. And you know, if you screw up some rules, right? Cuz everyone screws up rules, right? Mm-hmm. It happens everywhere. Even the best players screw up rules. Everybody screws up rules. Right? And you at the end you may go back and say, "Oh shit, I think I did something wrong." And you go back and you look at it, maybe it happened, maybe it didn't. But if you just flat out lie or flat out cheat or flat out whatever, everyone's going to remember. Which yeah, people may lie about painting their stuff. Maybe there's some neckbeard out there who has, like, three friends, and they're, like, on social media with each other because they're virgins and, you know.
1: They live in the a basement. Yeah. They're really fat, and they call mom for meatloaf.
0: And they paint. They pay one guy to paint all their stuff. But I know there's there's all those teams out there who pay who one guy on the team paints all of their stuff. Yeah, but those teams would give credit because they're all friends, right? Right. Which so th- th- that's what I'm saying is not sure are like a special right. type of douchebag, <laughs> right? So <laughs> there, there are some people who just don't care about the hobby portion, like Ray, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. So I know there's no well, army way- looks good though. Your army does look good because Tyler painted. It looks fantastic. Tyler's yeah. a good painter. They do a great job over there. Um, if I, you know, Tyler said, you know, I could look at some of your stuff. I go, you are never touching a fucking single one of my goddamn models. <laughs> Not that I don't appreciate you, but this is like a personal point of pride for myself. I enjoy the hobby.
1: But like, like getting a commission painter is like fucking crack. Just saying.
0: I'm sure it is. Right.
1: He, he gives you that first one, like half price. Right.
0: <laughs> we'll give you a taste.
1: Or like he does one character for you. And then you play with it, and then it's sitting there on this fucking, like, ruin. Like, man, that model's really
0: cool. You know, the first time I played with it, I never stopped playing with it after that.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's why <laughs> we're here, and I have two kids on. I have another kid on the way. I mean, it keeps getting played with. It keeps
0: getting played with.
1: It's, a, it's not really a problem. It's all right. <laughs> I really work with it. But, like, that one model is like looks really, really good, and then you look at your model, you paint, and it looks like fucking total garbage. hmm it's like I'm gonna move my model away from this one. Yeah, and hopefully... keep, keep them segregated. <laughs> yeah, and then like like my like I have said like Tyler has to paint all my vehicles.
0: Yeah, just has to. To make them look uniform.
1: To make them uniform. All I right. mean that's one niche that I have because I've seen people that have like really cool shit and then really shitty shit and they don't care. Like they literally don't care. Yeah, James. Oh, James's. God, James. <laughs> Not James Carmona. James fucking Thomas. Right. His. Oh my God.
0: But He'll like, admit how bad his painting is too, but his, oh my God. I, b- is, I bought some models from him one it's time. very bad. Paint on top of paint, on top of tester's paint, primed, and then on top of paint.
1: But like I so said, some people are cool with it and they can have the commission stuff and the whatever. All but right. like myself, like I have a military background and the Marine Corps is all about uniformity and everything matching. Like it really fucking irks. it. It pisses me off when I look at other people's army.
0: It's not uniform. And it's
1: not like, why is that one green and that one's a lighter green? And that one has like checkers and that one doesn't, but they're all greens. So you would
0: hate you would hate playing orcs or painting orcs. You'd want them all the same. And that's not orky.
1: Yeah, I that would be really bad.
0: That's yeah. why I played Tierna's because I you know, although I, I enjoy the uniformity, when I actually first started painting Tyrin, I was like, I gotta make them all exactly the same. I'm like, these are organic organisms, they're not gonna be the fucking same.
1: Yeah. Some you people know? are going to be born and they're going to have like two dicks or right, right. or like they're going to like other
0: two dicks. Some, some are going to have big boobs and fat ass and some are going to have no curves at all.
1: We don't talk to those people. And
0: we don't talk to them. We yeah. we politely say hi and pass we by. We
1: actually like, walk
0: past them as if they don't exist. <laughs> 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 well, if you have no boobs or no ass, I got nothing to talk about. You know, And you just don't exist. What am I going to stare at when I'm talking to you? Yeah, like
1: what am I actually going to pay attention There's to?
0: There's no cleavage for me to stare at when I talk to you, so why would I even talk I to mean, you? I mean,
1: all I'm going to hear is words, and all I want to do is see things <laughs> bouncing.
2: I'm going to hear his words. <laughs> I know. <don't.
0: laughs> all I'm going to hear is words. I'm not interested in your words. No,
1: I just want to see Jiggle. That's it. In all the right places.
0: I can't have sex with your college degree. I can't put my fist through your childhood dreams. Show me your genitals. Your genitals. So we did
1: a long tangent on hobby track. We did. Well, you, you poked the bear. Yeah, no, I know I did. That's all right. That's so what I do. I
0: really wanted to save that for another show. Maybe we'll come back to it. I'm going to get poked again at some point, and then I'll come back to it. I but mean,
1: if you know me in person, that's what I do. I keep poking people. Yeah. Especially if I find that one that one spot that really irks you.
0: Yeah, like the I hobby just, track. I
1: will just keep
0: fucking poking <laughs> it. That's me. But it, it's, it's actually not a bad way to go into because with all of the new stuff that... Um, Matt Rut um, gave to me. I'm hobbying more. I'm, I've got. I bought ten more gargoyles that I'm painting up. They're primed. They're sitting in my garage right now, ready to get some more paint. You have
1: uh, what is it? Vindicated, right? Is that the right word? Been vindicated. Vindicated when he said that he agreed with you.
0: Yeah, about the gargoyles. Yeah, because I asked him. I said, "Give me a sleeper." He goes, "Well, I thought the Carnifex was well, going to a sleeper." It. Right. They actually listened. Right. Right. Yeah. If you if you've gotten this far, you should have heard that part. Port. port. <laughs> <laughs> I've only had one of these. They're pretty good. Um, but you know, he said the Carnifex was sort of the sleeper. But what else would he think about? And he, I said, I'm gonna to toss him out to you. the Gargoyle. He goes, Oh yeah, I was thinking about that. Um, I'm considering a world where Dark Eldar stop stratagems. Hmm. Opportunistic, you, said, you said that in the interview. yeah, yeah. opportunistic advance is one of them, and I think gargoyles can. They already move twelve.
1: Oh yeah. So making less, by the way, just throwing yeah. out there for all you other Eldar players when don't listen to all the hate that the losers give you
0: yeah go put your dick in a pencil sharpener now
1: yeah that guy um so two battalions is very nice right tank command points and then you get the three so 13 13 command it's nice points. It's so that's it's nice that's more command points I have ever had it's nice yes and then you have this one detachment it's just like what do I do with this what what do I do with this it was right? a
0: spearhead detachment this
1: just like looking around like what, what do I do with this you know what you do auxiliary you know what you get <laughs> One Archon. You know what fucking Capaldi is? Blackheart. He you know what? He's also your warlord.
0: He's gonna stop stratagems. So
1: he stops stratagems, he regains stratagems, he steals stratagems for only 76 points. It's so gay at one CP.
0: It's so gay. <laughs> that
1: is fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> you say awesome, I say gay, you say potato, I say potato, whatever.
1: I mean what's not, to, <laughs> what's like not about? to like what's not to like about Oh and then you get a free relic for him because he's he's Dark Eldar. So it has to be on him. <laughs> so you get the helm of smite, so if you, you get an extra deny, and if you deny they perils.
0: Yeah. For how many points?
1: Seven like seventy six points. 76, at, 78 at, points. And how many C P? One C P one C P and seventy six points out of thirteen. Broken. So you're at twelve. Okay, I'm still at more than I ever had before. That I get to regain and steal on sixes.
0: I had 12 command points before, and I felt like I was stretching to get three battalions. Three battalions. Okay, I get 12 command points.
1: Great. <laughs> like, I was always trying, like, before the FAQ, I was always trying to get a patrol so I wasn't, like, losing command points because right. command points were so uh, finite. But battalions, fucking five. Like, holy shit.
0: Do you feel as if it makes that whole, like, guard ability where I get my command points back? Like,
1: okay. Don't give me... That's the one thing that pisses me off. That guard shit needs to go to sixes. Like, they can do it. That or just on your turn. No, they can steal whatever. It has to be on sixes. Fives is, like, the math there. You do it... Because you're going to be doing it, what? They're probably going to have it at least 12 or more. And your opponent's going to at least have
0: 10. The first turn, you're going to spend six or seven or eight command points. And not only that, the guard one, you don't even have to be on the board. Right. Right.
1: Like, at least the Dark Eldar (laughs) one, he has to be on the board.
0: Which, with the new FAQ, is probably almost a guarantee at this point.
1: It's, well, he's really, it's a character. Like, every time I've used an he doesn't Stick him in the
0: corner behind a million different things. Okay, great, he's there. He's just going to steal your command points and deny your...
1: And he has a two-up invul. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't matter. Uh, It does not matter. I thought
0: thought for one episode we'd talk about Tyranids and not Eldar, but I should have known better.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am on the episode. <laughs> I will work in Elder every time.
0: You know, and I was considering doing this episode without you just doing it. Okay, Andy's talking about with Matt Root. And I thought, no, nah, let me bring Ray in. This will be good. And you f- <laughs> fucked it up. God damn it. I thought we'd talk a lot about <laughs> nerds, Okay.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm going to represent my fucking Elder. I'm not talking her. about Craft World. I was talking about fucking Dark Elder.
0: Talking about Dark Elder. Yeah. Well, well, thank you very much for your fairy Jukari. parts. Drukari. I just
1: want to throw other Eldar players out there. Dark yeah. Eldar. Just take an Autarch, Or not sorry, an Auxiliary. If you have two battalions, you're fine. It's, it's Imperial okay. Guard.
0: It's Dark Eldar.
1: It's okay. It's okay. Just take two <laughs> battalions, Auxiliary. Totally fine.
0: So that's been another edition of the Veteran Gamer Reenlisted. I am of course your host, Andy, and I'm joined by my best friend Ray.
1: All elves rule.
0: And Especially the pale elf with the fat ass. The pale elf for the fat ass. Now, the, what we've been drinking, we already said it's good.
1: It's delicious. It's delicious. It'll go good with wine
0: food, which I think is want to go good. You <laughs> get L and else. <laughs> they don't deliver do with Grubhub.
1: I'm fucking It's right around the corner.
0: Until next time, ladies. Drink up.